Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast, and my guest today is Jenna Zoe. So, Jenna Zoe is a human design reader. And if you have no idea what that means, don't worry. I had no idea what human design was uh, until like, I think a few weeks ago. I heard about Jenna Zoe via Lacey Phillips. Now, if you don't know who that is, I have had Lacey Phillips, founder of freeandnative.com, on this very podcast twice. And Lacey is a manifestation advisor. She is my self-help guru. Uh, she's drastically changed my life and is continuing to help me change it. And uh, and via her website, I learned uh, about the existence of Jenna Zoe. So what's human design? All right. Let me quote Jenna Zoe herself. Human design is the contract your soul makes with the universe about who you came to be what you came to experience, and what karma you came to correct. So here's the thing. Uh, There are four different energy types of people, four different energy, human design energy types of people that exist. If you want to find out what yours is, go to jennazoe.com. That's J-E-N-N-A-Z-O-E.com. And you, uh, you know, there's some, there's a thing to click and you enter your birthday, your birth time. That's all very important. And you find out uh, which of the four energy types you are. And then there's so much information on what that means. And Jenna uh, reads, um, she reads your human design because she, by channeling and knowing, you know, your birth date and looking at your chart, she breaks down, uh, all these things about you and you'll hear it on this episode. Like she reads my chart on the episode and the guy that I'm dating or he's my boyfriend. I've got to stop calling him the guy that I'm dating. I'm just so not used to having a boyfriend. Um, But it's all very exciting and wonderful. Um, Or is it? Stay tuned. Listen to the reading. Oh God, just kidding. Um, So yeah, so she does my reading. So listen, when we get into the episode, as soon as I, uh, you know, stop talking up here up front in the intro, um, she'll explain everything. All right, and I ask all the questions that you will be asking for yourself. Um, but it really is fascinating if you're into astro- if you're into astrology, if you're into numerology. But who really cares about numerology? If you're into astrology, and I think we all are as women, I feel like it's a, a safe cliche I can bet on. All right, that women love astrology. Uh, chances are, nine nine percent chance you're going to get in a room with another woman, and you're going to start talking, or or a man will go on a date with a woman, and the w- woman will be like. What's your astrological sign? Let me guess. Are you Scorpio? No. Are you Taurus? No. Are you Libra? No. Are you a Gemini? I am a Gemini. Oh my God, I knew it. I knew it. And then the guy's like, I'm not really into astrology. And then the girl's like, classic Gemini answer. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I'm an Aquarius. Uh, I love astrology. I love talking about it. And I really do believe that, uh, that it's something about it. Not only do I believe in astrology and I love it and I think it's magical and fantastic and uh, there's a lot of truth to it, but I also believe, um, you know, on the other side of the coin, something about it makes, uh, makes you feel more in control in an out of control world. But human design is like astrology and a million other things combined that, you know, when I got my reading, it felt so right. It was like, oh my God, that's exactly how my mind works. That's exactly what I feel inclined to be like and do. And yet I go against that uh, inclination and then I feel at odds with myself. And then I, 
you know, whatever. So she broke me down. It's very cool. And I hope you enjoy it. And let me tell you more about her so you can find out all, uh, all about Jenna Zoe uh, on your own time. All right. Jenna Zoe can be found, uh, you know, her website, jennazoe.com. You can schedule an appointment. Oh my God. I think there's a ghost knocking at my door. Terrifying. So scary. This could be the last podcast, you guys. Anyway, um, you can schedule. Did you hear that? You can schedule an appointment for yourself by going to her website. Her Instagram, which is filled with lots of inspiring uh, content information about uh, human design, her Instagram is at Jenna Zoe Daily. Again, I'm going to spell it for you because you know what? There's so many different ways you can spell Jenna and Zoe that I'm going to spell it out for you. Let's not take any chances, right? I don't want to take chances today. J-E-N-N-A-Z-O-E, daily, all right? Um, And she has a Facebook group that I uh, belong to as well, if that matters to you. It's called Human Design by Jenna Zoe. And uh, yeah, that aside, I do want to say, I mean, you guys, I'm drinking a beer right now over ice because I'm very warm. I just got a manicure, pedicure. Um, I haven't really eaten today, so one sip of beer has basically made me tipsy. So this is a tipsy podcast intro. I mean, that's not really true, but um, let me tell you all the things I need to tell you because if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, this might matter to you. Uh, If you've heard this a million times, how dare you? Let me just say it, okay? This is my podcast. Uh, If you like this podcast, the Love Alexi podcast, I would really like for you to not only tell everybody you know, I'm talking the Lyft driver, your local barista at whatever coffee place you go to, tell everyone, tell anyone, but you should also subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, and uh, if you have any desire to financially support this show, that would be really cool. I am not joking. We need all the help we can get over here at the Love Alexi podcast. It's just me. It's a one woman show. Booking, uh, you know, booking guests. I'm about to go next week. I'm going on the road. I got to get in a lift and go real far out of town to go interview Pat Allen. Oh my God, you guys, stay tuned for that. Pat Allen is like 80 years old. She is like a relationship expert guru. She's written these books called. Uh, oh God, she wrote The Wounded Woman, but more importantly, she wrote a book that I keep talking about called Getting to I Do, which is not what it sounds like it's about. It's called, uh, it's about like feminine and masculine energy and, and what energy you lead with in a romantic relationship. Anyway, I'm so excited to talk to her because she's written all these books. She's like so old school and badass and accomplished and like just gives fucking like fantastic love, sex, dating, and relationship advice. So uh, anyway, if you want to support all all that is the Love Alexi podcast, you can do that by uh, making a donation. Go to patreon.com forward slash Alexi. And you know what? Fuck it. You can, you can donate to the show via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. That'll make my day. Um, I also want to say to all the girls listening, girls, ladies, women, whoever you are, if you're going to be in Los Angeles, Sunday, July 8th at 7 p.m., I am throwing the last girls' night in gathering, meetup, whatever you want to call it. Um, Here's what girls' night in is. It's an all-girls, girls-only pop-up gathering party, if you will, um, 
of diverse, cool, badass, smart like women who get together to make new friends. We go around in a circle and, and everybody talks about what, what brought them to the night and what they're experiencing, what they're going through. Uh, there's pizza, there's beer. I wanted to feel like a slumber party kind of vibe. Um, everybody leaves with a gift bag. So you get fed, you get drunk, you get a gift bag of like beauty products from a company called Modern Skin and a company called Common Rituals and some hair care products. So I'm just, yeah, I just, the whole point of the night is to, to just really connect with other women, make new friends, feel less alone. And I'm tweaking girls night in a little bit in that it used to be this kind of free-for-all sharing session with women. You get there, you make a drink, you mingle, you, you meet all the new girls and whatever. And I say hello to everybody, whatever. Then we all sit down um, and go around in a circle and share. And you know, at the end of the night, it's like fucking two in the morning. And it's like, oh my God, we just talked about so many feelings. This time it's from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And uh, you know, when everybody starts sharing, everybody's going to leave it's, it's going to be less of a free-for-all. Everybody's going to leave with action steps. They're going to share, and then they're going to get action steps from me towards feeling better, uh, feeling empowered, feeling happier, and just feeling better off than, than uh, where they started. So they can leave Girls' Night In with tools that help them uh, move forward in whatever uh, whatever issue it is that they're going through or whatever problem it is that they're trying to tackle. So that's really important to me. I'm just trying to make it more like, you know, helpful. I want you to get more out of the night than than maybe you have in the past. Usually, it's always a beautiful, magical, cathartic, wonderful night. But now I'm just want I want to be a little bit more sharp about it. And I'm also I'm also I've just started doing this. I now offer. Uh, big sister sessions, this thing I'm calling them big sister sessions. Uh, it's all very exciting and new. And uh, if you click on the link on my Instagram at Alexi Wasser, you click the link in my bio and it will take you uh, to a website where you can, you can get tickets for Girls Night In and you can also book um, one-on-one sessions that I call big sister sessions. If you're not in Los Angeles, we can do it over Skype. Um, I've done a handful of them now and they are so exciting and magical and the women I'm talking to. And again, you know, I listen to everything it is. It's just so I can put my full attention on you, listen to everything it is that you're going through. And again, give you homework is if you're inviting me into your life and, uh, and you want to tell me everything you're going through and what your problems are and what you're spiraling over, whether it's heartbreak, love, sex, dating, relationships, family, Instagram, jealousy, whatever is going on in your head and your heart that's making you suffer, uh, you leave a big sister session, whether it's in person, if you can do it in person because uh, you live in Los Angeles because that's where I'm based out of, uh, or you do it over Skype, you leave with homework and steps uh, towards you know, getting over whatever it is you're getting over. So you feel better, you feel more empowered, you're happier you. And I just kind of want that to be the arc with everything I'm offering, whether it's girls night in, yes, you get a gift bag. Yes, you get pizza. Yes, you get tipsy from alcohol. You make new friends. The experience is lovely, but definitely walking away from all of these things, feeling like feeling like you have advice and tools uh, that will help you moving forward is so fucking important. So there, you've heard it all. Instagram at Alexi Wasser. Click that link in my bio. And, uh, you know, I think you got all the info. 
I've said everything I need to say. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this very long, wonderful conversation uh, that I had with, uh, with this incredible woman, human design reader, Jenna Zoe. I have a million things to ask you and tell you. So these mics, I usually take them out, and I like, uh-huh. we'll get cozy, you get okay. cozy in the corner. And like just, but the only thing is, and we are recording now. Hello, hello. Is if you if you move them around a ton, then the you can hear the noise. Yeah, and then just be mindful of like keeping it close to your mouth so we don't miss a beat because everything you're saying is gold. So okay. if we don't hear it, we're fucked. Okay, okay. okay. Sure, sounds so, good. So yeah, take it off the thing if you want, or leave it, or whatever makes you Thank happy. Thank you. I say get cozy, but okay, great. I may I may cross my knees halfway through and I'm in a skirt, so just oh, I'm mind. not looking, but now don't I don't mind me. Okay, <laughs> you might what in the skirt because I have holes. Just cross my knees. You okay, know, like I'll just you know if I flash you accidentally, don't be alarmed. I'm not even interested in it anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. But maybe take those. Yeah, forget it. It's a droopy mic stand. Forget it. Oh, my God. It's, like, haunted by a ghost. Do you mind that we're getting right into podcasting? I have a lot no, of... No, that's great. Good. It's nice and organic that way, because sometimes when you do podcasts and then they, like, ask you stuff and then you go on the thing and then you're like, like I was just telling you, or we were talking about this beforehand and I just feel like... Yeah, we missed it all. Yeah. We got to keep it by your mouth because okay, people perfect. are obsessed with you. Is this... Wait, is it on? Yeah. Wait. Keep talking. Let me check. Do you give me feel? Is little... this working? Oh my god! Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's like we're like a 1970s like Merv Griffin show where it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Roger that. Or it reminds me of you know that Britney Spears video, uh, music where she goes, she starts and says, "Is this thing on? What's that song of hers? Do you what? remember that song? What song is that? I don't know. I, I do like remember Britney. her being like, "Is this thing on? I like Britney Spears though. Me too. All right, everybody, we're getting settled. We're getting cozy. Um, everybody who's listening, which would be a lot of people because people are so obsessed with you. Um, I've been indoctrinated into Lacey Phillips' cult. Uh-huh. And then she's been, on, <laughs> she's been on my podcast. Me too. I'm her number one fan. Really? Yeah. I thought I was her number one fan. Oh. This is crazy. Um, I'll have to fight you for that later. Okay. Well, we can agree to we'll just share the spot. But, um, <laughs> I'm like boiling. So many things happened. I went to go run and get a coffee down the street. And I went there and I asked the guy for a coffee. And he casually picked his nose a tiny bit, and then he went and grabbed my coffee, and I just felt like, Ooh, oh, I know! And he didn't put gloves on, and then he's like getting ice and like touching the rim of the thing, and Ooh. he did a casual nose pick, but then I just felt so like oh. white and privileged, like I'm going to be the girl who's going to be like, you're disgusting, I can't live like that, I don't know, I just felt yeah. like I didn't want to be that person, but... I'm never still a bit of a bummer. Isn't that annoying? You know the, the trick actually to all those kind of um, those kind of situations is when you get really correct on people, then they don't have anything to say, right? So if you're like annoyed about something and you don't feel like it's a right thing to do, then instead of just like I just get correct on people, like I'll just go like, excuse me, I just don't think that that's like you know, is that according to like. Is that hygiene? Like, I don't know. Like, tell I me what you would do. I, tell I don't know. Me what you maybe because I'm brown, I can get away with it because I'm neither white nor black. Maybe because I'm neither white nor black, I can what get away you? with it. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> and you're like magical too. You're like a magical unicorn. But yeah, but what would you... you would I don't just, know. When things aren't right, instead of coming... Like, instead of like the, my temptation is always to come at it from like a complaining place or to say nothing, sometimes you can just be like super correct because people can't argue with like what's correct right so yeah they can this is all fans <laughs> yeah but i like your style yeah my approach was um oh 
<laughs> oh, I, uh, hey, so do you, do you guys ever wear gloves? And they're like, yeah, when we make food, we wear gloves. And then I just like looked at his dirty hands, like giving me my Americano. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, I was just, <laughs> maybe that, maybe you get away with that more in, in London when people are so kind of like into like the rules and the hygienic regular, you know, like there's a lot of stuff back there. So if you oh, go really? like, oh, I don't know, like I've not that I've complained about this, but I would, uh, I would imagine that like if someone picked their nose, and then grab my drink. Maybe I'd get a bit like formal on their ass. I don't know. I would love to hear that, what that would be like. I want you to play me what I should have done and then we'll move past this and get into like who you are and human design and everything. Um, I would just say, um, would, you re- would you mind just um, remaking me one without before, you know, because you just, and then I would kind of gesture instead of saying pick, pick your nose. Just be really nice and just be really correct. I don't know. Oh, There's that's no way great. that people can complain. That's fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. Hold on. I'm going to do an Imago exercise. I'm like, wait, excuse me. Um, do you mind remaking my coffee um, this time without picking your nose beforehand? Oh, that would have been very cool and powerful yeah. and kind of funny. Yeah. And the semantics is like everything, right? So instead of saying remake, I would be like, would you mind just making, could you make me another one, please? Without just because, you know. Just because, you know. Okay, I love it. Okay, good. That felt feminine. <laughs> What's an Imago? Oh, that's this book that, because um, Lacey came on the podcast, Lacey Phillips came on the podcast again, and it just came out today. And in that episode, we talk about this book called Getting the Love You Want Oh, by Harville Hendricks. And then there's this exercise, which I have not begun to use in my relationship because it feels very intense and I'm not there yet. Okay. I hopefully never want to have to use it. Mm-hmm. But an Imago technique is like, you're having a moment with your significant other mm-hmm. and you go, I'm, you talk about what you're triggered by and you go like, <laughs> I'm feeling, I know I wanted to laugh at the word triggered too. I, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I'm feeling this way because blah, blah, blah. And you say your thing and then he has to like repeat it and be like, oh, I understand. Like you're feeling, I don't know. And then it's like a way of communicating and then you both like grasp the information, but you like say it in a calm way. I think I'm just saying this mm-hmm. totally wrong, but so that's a technique Lacey uses with her fiance. And it's in, this, oh. it's in this book, but I'm not there yet. And I told her on the show, I was like, oh my God, that sounds so embarrassing. That sounds so <laughs> intense. And if I were a guy, I'd just be like, yeah. are we doing this again? <laughs> I think that's the thing though. Like men and women just have such different, like, I don't know, the things that we get on board with, like all these like, like fun this, and like all of things. I just think, are they ever going to... And if, if they did get it, would I be into them? No, because it would make that's them the ridiculous. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We're judging it too. I know. Oh my God. And I'm dating a British guy. No way. So I'm like talking about, I mean like, poor him. He doesn't like to talk about feelings, Mm. but he's talking. Yeah. I know that. I know. I know that. Well, not me, but as in like, I know that culture obviously super well. It's like, you know, people here are a lot more open than they are um, back home on the whole. Yeah. Um, So... Are you dating just a embedded? Yes, British person. But no, my other half is um, a half Danish, half Lebanese. So oh. that's a totally different mix. A yeah. totally, what's that yeah. vibe? So the Danish vibe is very like it's kind of weird because like there it's like men and women are like very equal so like women it's like normal for women to like buy a guy a drink it's normal for like you know they're not used to getting asked out like it's not there isn't this kind of like differentiation between male and female as much as there is like here yeah um but then the Lebanese thing is like very warm very effusive the man should be the one that's provided so he's like a little he's like his own unique mix of both it's kind of funny how did you guys meet we met through my brother Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he's a friend of my brother's. Oh my God. I know. And um, I was like fresh off a breakup and I just like met him three weeks later and that was, yeah. Really? Yeah, that was that. Well, tell me about British men because since you're familiar with that. 
Yeah. Like how is, what is that style? So I think on the whole, again, like I don't want to overly generalize, but I think um, the culture what, there is like, it's not, um, you know, it's just that what they call like stiff upper lip there. Have you heard of what stiff upper lip yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very sort of like, you know, you just kind of keep your calm and, you know, keep calm and carry on. That's like a British war saying originally. That's it, like where I came from. Really? Yeah. Exclusive. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that is like how people work there. It's like very reserved and very, um, you know, similar. I mean, I guess, you know, this is kind of more universal, but, you know, talking about your feelings as a weakness and that kind of stuff. But over there, people are way more risk averse than they are here. That's kind of the one thing I've noticed a lot you know, from traveling between the two for, for work, coming to LA a lot and then going back to London is here, like, let's say, for example, if you were like, oh, I know someone that you should meet, right? Then you'd put us in touch and we would just meet. Yeah. Back there, it's like very difficult to kind of like get a meeting with someone or get someone to try something. People are just more risk averse there. So um, that's just like a part of the culture though, in general. God. Yeah. I was hoping since he moved to America. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. And plus he got me, which is like the most, in, like all I want to do is like, I just live in my head and I can come up with anything to be like, is that problematic? Oh God, should I talk about that? Like, what does that mean? Like, so it's like, I got to get out of my head, but okay. So Lacey Phillips, mm-hmm. I got indoctrinated into her cult. Then through her, she came on the show twice. One time it was, cool. it was yeah, it was like a great three hour episode. We talked about everything. I did all of her workshop, fascinated, started, wow. started paying attention to all of her stuff. All of a sudden you pop up. I'm like, oh my God, it's fascinating. And then in the second podcast she was on, we talked about you and because she knew you were going to be on the following week. We talked about human design and, you know, but we both agreed like you would be the best person to explain it. Mm. Now, what is human design? And I'm so excited to get lost in your kooky cult that I completely (laughs) believe in. And I've got charts to show you later. Sorry, but I do. Okay. So what is human design? And then we'll get into how you, like your personal journey towards that. Yeah. Okay. So... Human design, if you read like the technical definition, people say it's like a way of de- explaining yourself or a identification type thing that combines the I Ching, the um, a conventional astrology, Kabbalah, and um, the chakra system. On crack. That's what Lacey said. On crack. It's all yeah. those things. <laughs> yeah. So that's the way that people explain it. But for me, that never really like made sense when people explain that. I'm like, hey, but that's not really like getting me here, like in the heart. Like, how do I explain this? Like, what is it to me? So when I talk about it now, I say it's it's kind of like the, um, the contract that your soul makes with the universe about who you come to be this lifetime around. So when I look at a chart, what I essentially see is like, this is who you were the day you were born, like day zero, which day zero you're already living as your higher self. Oh my God. And that's before obviously everyone has kind of come in and conditioned you. Like you have to be more like this. You have to be, you have to cultivate a bit more of this quality to be loved, to to be accepted. And you should be more like that and blah, blah, blah. So we kind of like learn to like do things that are not our real self. And so then, you know, the whole idea is to like go back to who you are on day zero when you're just like naturally living as like on the path of what your higher self is. So when I look at a chart, that's basically what I see is like, how do we like get back to who we are always kind of knew that we were underneath. So the way that you kind of know that it rings true within you is that like, it's never anything new that I would be saying. Do you know what I mean? It's all stuff that you've kind of like worked to kind of understand about yourself anyway. But sometimes you just need like a human permission slip that doesn't know you from Adam to just be like, yeah, this is, this is real. You know, this stuff that you kind of thought about yourself is true. Walk us through. Okay. So that's human design. Yeah. Walk us through 
how you go about finding your human design and mm-hmm. what, so there's, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you should lead this, this, lead this for me, but uh, projectors, generators, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and Mackety. Yeah. So, um, so how you find out what you are or how you pull up your chart is you go to mybodygraph.com and you put in your birth information, um, including your birth time. Birth time is really important. Um, and that's because basically the birth time, what it does is it locate, it basically says like, this is the portal of of energy that your soul chose to pop in through. So if you think about different places, different times of, you know, the times in the day and blah, 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 like every place has a different vibe right and so if your soul says I want to come in through here then it says this is my perfect launch pad and so this is who I'm going to be this is the energy that is me so let's go come in through here and so birth time is really important um Americans tend to put the information in the wrong way because you have to put in the day and then the month. So you know how you you guys say like June 1st, mm-hmm. you can't put in 0601, you have to put in 0106. So that's really important because there's been so many people message me kind of like misdiagnosing themselves and feeling really lost. And then just that simple um, tweak makes it a big difference. Yeah. So anyway, so you put in your birth information and you see loads of different things come up, like loads of boxes, loads of colors, loads of numbers. And then to the right of that, you see all these descriptions. There's so many different angles to kind of like um, take on that. But what's important, the first thing to look at is what, it's, what it says your energy type is. So your energy type is one of five things. So there's, like you said, there's projectors, there's reflectors, and those are what we call non-energy beings. And I'll get into that. And then you have manifestors, manifesting generators, and generators. And those are the energy types. And so what your energy type tells you is like, what is the best way for you to exchange energy with the world around you? So what's important to remember is like, okay, not all projectors are exactly the same. Like there's so many people, it's so funny, people just kind of go, well, I'm allergic to pineapple. Are other projectors allergic to pineapple? Ah! I'm like, no, there's 7 billion of us. Like it's fine. (laughs) But what we all have in common with our same energy type is the way that we're supposed to show up in the world and exchange energy with people, synchronicities, opportunities, the universe, that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm a projector. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and you're an Aquarius. Uh huh. I'm an Aquarius too. No way. I'm, and Lacey is too. Yeah, and I'm a five. Oh. I'm a five one. Okay, whatever that means. Yeah, we'll find out later. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, what's your like rising and moon and all that stuff? I don't know. I can't remember. I think really. I don't remember all the stuff. I have it all down. You need to know those things too. No, no. I'm just curious. I'm just, just like for the fun of it. I think there's like a Taurus thing happening or a Cancer or something. But then an, I don't know. I'm confused. Wow. I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. You need to have an astrologer on your podcast maybe I, to explain m- this stuff. I think that's next. I, I only want to talk to people that are, you know, I'm like brimming with excitement to talk to. And like you're, okay. you are one of those people. So next, maybe we'll be an astrologer. Yeah. And then a dermatologist. I want to. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then a plastic surgeon. I just want to ask all these and like a cryptocurrency master. But um, fun. All these things. Oh, wait. what is So you're a projector. What's mm-hmm. your boyfriend if you don't mind me asking your husband he's also a projector he is yeah what does that mean is that two projectors good for each other or does it not matter yeah so in relationships it basically just means that when you understand how the other one works you can work it right so it's like if you give me the clues as to like what you need the most in life then i will just give it to you it's kind of like love language-esque Wait, if so that makes sense is that two projectors you mean or that's a projector in anybody for anyone like when you know what those other like how someone else operates and like what they need the most yeah and then you can just like give it to them then you can be with anyone and they well no obviously someone who you're compatible with but in terms of like it doesn't really matter so much about their energy type as long as you kind of know because then you can go okay well I know you're this that means this is specific to projector right no to anyone 
Oh, oh wait, yeah. I don't understand those. You're so seriously. it's like in theory, any type can be compa- can work with any other type. Oh, so there's as long no as like understand the types. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So there's like no oh manifesting generators are better together or any of that stuff. Do you want me to get you a? I'm gonna get you a tray. Oh, it's fine. Don't are you sure? Okay, because yeah, I don't want you to whatever. But uh, okay. So he two projectors. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend's a generator. This is horrible. Lovely. Really? Oh my god, love. I am obsessed with generators. How come? Because they're just to me, they're just so kind of like. Um, so there's a difference. So what we call, what we say in human design is either you're living your design or you're not living your design, right? So everyone oh no, has... I'm so scared. Don't be. <laughs> so kidding. everyone, I mean, listen, it's all like a sliding scale. It's not like a binary, you're either are or you're on. Like okay. there's always going to be ways in which you can like improve living your design or not. Yeah. Um, but to me, generators, when they're like really living their design, basically they just become such like... Um, uh, how do I say it? Like they're just brimming with like life force. They're like energy people. They're very like magnetic towards other people. They're like people love to be around them. People want to be around you know everything that is they they do. They want to have them at the party. They want to have whatever. So generators are really people who are um, when they're living their design. They basically activate like a vortex inside their aura, which draws towards them like the people and the opportunities and the synchronicities. Oh, so and I'm not codependent. Stuff. I'm just getting sucked into a sexy vortex. And there you go. I mean, truly, when I'm with him, it's like we're in the silent, calm, not silent, but like pretty much like we can be, I'm a talkative, high strung, anxiety person, but uh-huh. like it's just usually how I operate. And then when I'm with him, I'm just like, and it's so calm and uh-huh. nice. And then he like, makes me breakfast and it's great. We can just coexist. And I just feel like, Oh, this is great. And then, <laughs> and then he's gone. And then I'm like, oh my God. I love well, you, yeah. we'd also be able to see inside your chart whether that would, because um, that, that could be several different things as well. Oh, so that's really interesting. Oh, but okay, so with, um, with generators and projectors, basically the thing that projectors need most from relationships because, okay, so projectors have penetrating auras, which means that they see into other people really easily. It's not something that you like have to know how to do. You've just always been able to do it. So you're like work very well one-on-one because you can like really easily see the person. So projectors, because they so easily see other people, the thing that they long for the most from other people is to feel seen in the way that they so effortlessly see other people. So anyone who's with a projector, I would say like the number one thing you have to do is like say things that make them feel like you see them for a specific thing that they are so not just like you're wonderful but like recognize them right like say I you know see you for this person or you don't even have to say it but you have to kind of like make sure that that person understands your inner like machinations right because projectors just want they just long to be seen oh my god what if he's not doing that how do I know if he's doing that or not? Well, you would feel it, right? You feel like he sees you. So example, my other half, who's a projector, he just gets me. He knows me. He doesn't tell me like we don't sit and, you know, for hours on end and tell each other like, oh, I love this specific thing about you. But he'll like, he gets how I work. Like he'll just like anticipate my move sometimes or he'll just like make a joke that knows exactly, you know, it's like that's about one of those like weird quirky things that I do or, you know, someone that when you feel like people just get you, that's the thing that projectors oh, need the it, most. Okay, good. Because I'm getting, I get so literal. And I go, oh. he's supposed to be going, I see you because no. you're the... But meanwhile, but meanwhile, it's like if I have an interaction with a kid or I'm talking to a person or whatever, and he's just with me laughing at how I am or something, he just yeah. like accepts and gets me. Yeah. That's enough. Well, I guess that's why we're together. Right. Because I probably feel that. And I don't but feel it's like... like if, you, if you're with somebody who kind of like sees the full like who you are, like your flavor as a person. Like that's the thing that projectors like want the most often. Oh God, um, I, got, I just know tonight at dinner, I'm going to be like, do you see me? 
You oh, won't yeah, know what be I... Be careful not to do that, though. Why? Yeah, so this is the other thing about projectors is that um, projectors have to... So their strategy for, like, moving through life and, like, getting what they want and, like, manifesting is um, what they call it is, like, to wait for the invitation, which means that projectors can't push or initiate things. It means that very much they have to basically um, have someone... Um, want to know what it is that they have to say or whatever so projectors when they're not living their design what they end up doing is trying to tell people that they know things or trying to tell people that they're right or that they have a point of view or that they're correct which they're not supposed to do because that's kind of like very unattractive so oh god yeah so what's important for projectors is to basically like always what's interesting is that the thing that you long for from everyone else is the thing you need to give yourself first and so when projectors long to feel seen and recognized how will they get that by seeing and recognizing themselves first so the big work of a projector is actually to go in and really figure out what is it that I'm really really good at like what is my niche where I just really see things so clearly or things come so easily to me or that I have like a specific viewpoint on life that just is so effortless to me that other people find a little bit difficult or yeah. not as obvious. And so when you, I kind of say that your aura is like your energetic billboard that's like parading around with you everywhere you go. And so when you put it in your aura that you're someone who sees things or recognizes things and you're like totally like fine with that yourself and you've integrated that, then you could go to the grocery store and your energetic billboard is saying like, I am a person that knows things and I'm, I'm available for people to come and ask me for the guidance on such a thing. Okay, you know? yeah. Oh God, and I and just make sure not 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 be at dinner tonight asking if if somebody can see me because mm-hmm. chances are because <laughs> chances are he can probably see me. Yeah, that's why we're at dinner and that's yeah. Why we're, oh God, but it's uh. like and maybe just ask yourself like what are the ways where he really sees you? Maybe you haven't even like noticed that that's what he's doing. You know, oh, like yeah. he's probably already seeing you, but maybe you haven't like so obviously like <gasps> made the connection that's a really good point yeah i just assume the worst or just think like Aww. i'm being disappointed or something as oh god oh no but yeah but like that's a good point sometimes i am surprised when somebody can see me because i go wow i didn't even realize yeah Aww. with more than one person um anyway that's yeah yikes but uh well that's so that's projectors projectors i, I mean wanna... we could have like we could talk for hours on end about projectors alone but um yeah. Well, take so me through projectors. the your favorite things to tell me about all of them. But yeah, just let's go through okay. them. But but yeah, I mean, this is all fascinating. Mm. You know, any pivotal things I should know about projectors okay. is great. But keep going. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, what's different? The big difference between projectors and reflectors, which are the non-energy beings, and then you have the energy beings, which are generators, manifesting generators, and um, manifestors. Is that the energy beings? The main difference is that energy beings, when they're doing stuff that they love it actually gives them more energy. So when they're doing things that they love, it's like they are cultivating the energy inside them. Whereas projectors and reflectors, even if you're doing something that you absolutely adore, even if you're doing your life's calling, even if you're doing what you were put on earth to do, you still get drained doing that thing. Mm-hmm. So that's like the main difference between the two um, the two groups. And so um, projectors are very much people who, um, because they're built to be quite efficient beings, um, but also because they're here to guide other people they themselves are not here to do 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 they're here to guide other people and maybe present something new and 
um, you know, show people how to course correct or make efficiency gains or kind of guide a better path for people. Um, that's not something that requires you to be using your energy all the time. It's something that requires you to see. And so when you're acting like someone who's a doer and believing that your value comes from how much you do, you're actually blocking your ability to just get on, well, like I say, sit up on the branch and see things, right? Because you can't be spinning your wheels and seeing at the same time. Oh, yeah. So um, that's that's an important thing to know about projectors. Um, and the same thing with reflectors. Reflectors aren't guides, but they are people who have their own skills. Um, and they definitely shouldn't be using their any energy either. So they have the least energy out of all the types. And like the name suggests, reflectors, that means that they really are here to, they don't see into the other, they become the other. So they're the oh. ultimate chameleons. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Um, but they're only 1% of the population, so they're very few and far between. And um, why, why do they become and how do they become the, the person? Um, because when you saw your own chart, you saw like some bits in your chart were colored, like you had those colored boxes and some white boxes. Yeah. All of their boxes are all white, which means that they have no like internal buffer. They have no like, they themselves are nothing, but in a really positive way. How funny. Yeah. yeah. So to like embrace nothingness is a strength because they're completely blank slates. Yeah. And they can just literally like become so many other people. Um you know, over the course of even just a day, you know, depending on where they are. I mean, we all kind of change a little bit, but imagine having no internal um, definition. Wherever you go, you just fully become somebody else, right? So what is their purpose and what's the danger of being a... It sounds dangerous a bit. So yeah, the, their purpose is really to show us where we're at with society because if a reflector isn't well or isn't doing well, that means all of us are not doing well because they're an entire... Um, they're kind of like the gauge on the tribe, and, oh, and the collective. Oh, wow. So their purpose is really to become the wisest people in the sense that they realize that they don't have to know anything. They just have to like fully allow themselves to just be what the moment is dictating them to be. And that will be the gauge for the rest of us to, to see where we're at. Oh, wow. um, it's kind of very conceptual and it's kind of like hard to grasp, but it's, um, it's the one where you ultimately have to kind of divorce yourself from asking who am I and understanding that who am I isn't a strength actually I can be everything and nothing and that's the strength oh wow yeah wait what's it's the projector amazing. strength what's your strength or so the projector strength is about um seeing things in a different way gotcha so being a guide for um others in some kind of capacity now it doesn't mean that you have to be like you know a reiki healer it just means that you can like I know awesome like lawyers that are reflect uh, projectors I know awesome like tech people that are projectors because they see systems and like projectors make very good business people too if they're using their energy in the right way in the sense that like if you're a CEO and a projector it means you you should be sitting on your couch and have your door open and have everyone under like who works for you just come in and get some troubleshooting and bounce ideas off you get some course correction and then leave not like the old way of doing things when traditionally manifestors have been at the top um through history and so it was much more about you know what i want and everyone has to listen to me and me 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 now and yeah. now the manifestors of this world just want peace and they just want to be left alone and they just want to do their thing and they just want to play free so the projectors are the people who have just come in to sit on the couch and dispense advice why did the manifestors make a shift they made a shift a recent um, shift well so manifestors um well i guess it's a shift in the consciousness now, because, lately now yeah yeah because um according to human design in 2027 we're entering into a new world way of doing things and so basically this lot you know we're like only nine years away from a whole shift right so which is why now everything feels so chaotic and crazy it does yeah i thought it was just my at brain the end of a, no we're at the end of a we're at the end of a collective karmic cycle really yeah why how so um 
1781 was the beginning of the cycle that we're in now. And this cycle is all about learning how to emote with each other and relate to each other and how to be intimate and to understand each other, right? So before that, before 1781, the karmic cycle that we were in was all about like learning the rules of the material plane. So like, how do we survive? How do we find food? How do we not die in childbirth? Like the obvious things. But because we then collectively like pass that test, we now have the luxury of being able to think about what else do we want to achieve with our lives. Mm -hmm. And so manifestors before were people that started wars, created movements, ruled countries, changed the world, blazed trails, all those cool things, like the big shifters, because they're the only 8% of the population that should and has the ability to initiate create actual momentum when they initiate in the world so they just go out and they be they speak things into existence it's like i am therefore i do is what they say is the mantra for a manifester so manifestors before um because we were in a lack consciousness um it was all about you guys all have to listen to me and i'm going to badger you into compliance because there's not enough money to go around or there's not enough power to go around or there's not enough whatever whereas the manifestors that are you know alive right now are changing because they're like I'm not here to basically make everyone be below me. I'm just here to create movements. So they don't need to be at the top in order to do what they want. And actually what they crave is peace. And so they just want to be able to blaze their own trails and be at peace and not be so like badgered by people and needing to kind of, you know, respond to guide people and stuff because they just don't want to be doing that. Yeah. And it's not, it was never really correct for them in the first place. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. So they just want to kind of do their thing and just be left to do their thing. And now we're moving into mm. generators, manifesting generators. No, I mean in the culture. Oh, in, moving in the, into oh the twenty twenty seven thing, that's, and you said that's led by projectors. So the in twenty twenty seven is a collective thing because we are all. Um, so we have basically nine more years to kind of like create a tipping point of people that have learned to emote with each other and relate to each other and be emotionally intimate with each other and stuff. Um, we don't know what the next karma is going to be because it depends so largely on how well we finish this one. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's like, we got to get there, people. We yeah. have to finish. Only nine years. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What can I do? Um, well, <laughs> we should look at your chart and see. Okay. Yeah. We will, well, tell me well, real quick to give me the, uh, you're saying uh, manifesting generators. Yes. And... Generators. Generators. So manifesting generators are basically any soul that comes in to be a manifesting generator is someone who's here to remind us that um, we actually will get things done so much more when we're being playful and fun and out of the box and non-linear because they're non-linear people. So they're often the people that you see are like, they're the typical like multi-hyphenates. They're like interested in a thousand different things and they want to try this and then they want, then they get bored of it and then they want to try that and then they want to go here and then they want to go here. But the world basically sees that as a weakness because people tell you you have to like stick to one thing and then you have to master it and then you have to become good at it and blah, blah, blah. That's only recently changed, I feel like, in the past like 10 years where yeah. people will be like, multi-hyphenate collaboration, you're doing these things, yeah. that, whatever. It's like, it's new and now it's totally, seems like it's accepted, but go on, yeah. Yeah, and so they really are people that are, the thing that they get hung up on the most is like, what's my purpose? Um, when actually with manifesting generators, their purpose is not really so much about the, the phase of your work life that you're in it's just about what is it that you're kind of like bringing to the world so imagine everyone we all think like our purpose is our work which is so dumb right like our purpose is like every moment of our life and we each have like a theme that we bring to every scenario that we're put in right so say for example if I am here to um I don't know show people that 
things aren't as hard as like we make them to be and I'm supposed to like make light of the dark stuff right that isn't mine but just take an example um then yeah no matter the whichever job that I'm in that's my that's my undercover job like that's how you that's how you navigate life right yeah that's beautiful there's there's like a theme right so with all manifesting generators what there's really their purpose is is to basically make the world more non-linear and to be and like teach the world that it's like okay to be like what I call like taste the buffet of life it's like you have to just go about it in a you have to be a square peg in a round hole you have to be you know um, playful and fun with it rather than kind of like so heavy and structured because we're moving out of the cycle that we're in is where structure and strategy really works and now there are beings that are coming into um, existence where they have to be they're built for the future which is like a lack of strategy a lack of structure being inconsistent is going to be good like you know so we need to kind of wrap our heads around that and so we need manifesting generators to really present this idea of like we're going to go with the flow we're not going to know what tomorrow holds because manifesting generators are really people who don't know what they want tomorrow like they can only listen to what they want in the now right yeah so they're supposed to just be like in the moment spontaneous super fun changing their minds going here going that and seeing it as a strength because the only reason that they get held back is when they think, well, that's never going to lead me to getting successful. Whereas like, think about um, Jessica Alba, who's a manifesting generator, right? When she was like 20 or however old she was before she became an actress, if she went to her parents and was like, I want to be an actress and I want to have a company that sells like eco baby stuff, people would be like, no, you're so dumb. You have to pick one. Like, what do you think you're doing? Right. But because she's so okay with owning that that's who she is, then everyone sees her as a strength. And the same with Angelina Jolie. She's like adopting, then she's doing UN stuff, then she's directing, then she's acting. She's all over the place, but that's in like in her favor because she owns it. So people don't see that as a weakness. Yeah. So that's like the thing that all manifesting generators need to understand is like you're all over the placeness is your strength, not your weakness. And people may doubt you when you say that's what you want to go for, yeah. but when you prove them wrong by showing what you are capable of, yeah. but you have to start by believing in yourself and having given yourself permission to yeah. know that that's what your uh, actually your strength is. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I know. And then generators are, they're the people that are life force. Life force? Yeah. Keep telling me. (laughs) So generators are basically people who um, ultimately, you know, they themselves are in the business of um, getting, listening to their desires because their desires are the compass inside them that's showing them where to go. So generators often feel a lot of guilt about doing just what they want and just what lights them up because, um, you know, the world tells you that it has to be either... Um, you know, compromise is good and duty is good and all this stuff. Whereas actually their covert job is to be so full of life force themselves that the life force spills out of them and then like lifts other people. So think about when all generators are like doing what they love. It's like, like I said earlier, that thing gives them more energy, but also the thing that we would get from generators is that that sparkly, juicy life force. So it's like they make us more productive. They make us, you know, they lift us. They make us kind of like... Um, gather around them they make us um, full of our own life force they give us energy so their job is really to lift other people up but they can only do so by first lifting themselves up and they have to lift themselves out of this like duty heavy compromise have to put my own needs aside have to do things for other people all the time that stuff well god now when I go to dinner with my generator boyfriend now I want to be like are you doing what lights you up? Are you happy? Can I ask him that? Because what if, and what if we end up breaking up? Because he goes, no, I've been uh, dating you out of duty and I feel like I have to do all these <laughs> things that make you happy and I'm compromising my own needs. Yeah. Is, it's that, a, is that possible? 
Well, so generators, um, it's kind of much more important for them that they take inventory of the stuff that isn't lighting them up that they're still saying yes to rather than thinking about, I mean, saying yes to the stuff that does light you up is like technically the easy part. So for them, like it's so important about just sitting on your couch and taking inventory of like, oh, this thing that I do every Friday night, like that doesn't make me happy anymore. Or like this part of my job, just getting super clear, like this part of my job makes me happy and this part of my job doesn't. And people are so afraid to kind of like be a bit like it's a bit of both because then they think like well that means that well I'm not going to be able to leave or like I can't you know I can't just like it has to be one or the other I have to be okay with it or I have to not be okay with it whereas actually if you change your energetic communication to the universe and say universe I really love this job but this one thing that I'm doing isn't making me that happy then the universe can come in and help you Mm -hmm. but if you're like no it's fine everyone settles for like something that's like you know four out of five like so of course like that's a good job I'm not going to get much then of course then the universe is like honey can't help you like you're not like saying that you're not getting clear that there's parts of this that you don't enjoy so for them it's all about what do I enjoy what do I not enjoy what excites me what doesn't excite me and getting super clear on that so that the universe can then come in and like get behind you because they're not built to initiate like manifestors are so they basically have to tell the universe what lights them up and what doesn't or what they like and what they don't like and then allow the universe to like basically be their personal shopper and like bring them potential options and then they can just like say yes or no to those things so the generators are not meant to initiate mm-hmm. and projectors are not meant to initiate. No one except for manifestors are meant to initiate. So, and isn't the medicine for everybody? I'm just going to use that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, because me as a projector, after talking to Lacey, I was like, I walked away thinking, oh God, I've got to like, well, two things. We'll get more into this later. But like the unlearning uh, of things that you think you want, that you, you're so dedicated, like, oh, I have, I've got to be on a TV show. That's mm-hmm. fulfillment. That's happiness. All these things that like you may, you may not even want for yourself. You got to do the undoing of, of, you know, when your soul first came to whatever earth. But uh, anyway, but is that the medicine for whatever your your energy type is to get clear on what lights you up and get rid of anything else that doesn't light you up? Is that for everybody or is that only for generators? Yes, because so it's a semantics thing because with generators, they're ruled by their gut. And the gut is the part of you or the sacral chakra. The gut is the part of you that says like, yes, I want this or no, I don't. It's like a very black and white thing. Is that your white, third chakra? Your second, your sacral, oh, the gut. And it. so when, when we talk about um, generators, they're all ruled by the gut, which means that the gut gets to make all their major life decisions, right? That means that you have that energy that that gut is the thing that creates a life force that gives you energy when you're doing things. As projectors, we don't have that. We don't have that. We don't have that life force, that sacral energy that's kind of wearing, wearing, wearing. We don't have the engine. What's leading us? Like what's guiding us? Different, you'll have a different, there's different things that can lead different projectors. So we'll, let's, do you want to show me? Sure. Should yeah. I? Is this, take, is this taking us off on, the, on a wrong journey? But who cares? Oh, so he just has to make sure he does what he wants to do. Any generator? Okay, so this is me and then this is him. Okay. But don't say his name out loud. Okay. So <laughs> with you, um, so you talked about... Um, is this okay? Yeah. I'm not crossing a boundary? Not at all. Okay, okay so... Um, Different people have to, so all the stuff that we're conditioned to want, there's different things that are correct for people and incorrect for people. So for example, um, some people are motivated by the need to make money or the need to feel like they're the star of the show or that they, whatever, making an impact on people, whatever. Yours, the only one that is correct for you, which is why you need to know this, because if you were trying to rid yourself of all the egoic wants, then you'd maybe also not be living your design, right? If I was supposed to rid myself of what? All your egoic wants, all the things that the ego wants. Because in human design, ego is healthy when it's correct. Okay, keep going. So for you, your one egoic motivation is to feel like you've made a success out of yourself. So 
if you were to get rid of that, then you'd also not be living your design, right? If you were telling yourself like, oh, I can't want to be successful, that would be wrong, right? So for you, that's like the one thing that you have to like embrace. And the need to feel successful is your soul basically saying, I'm going to choose that as like the carrot for you to follow. So like anything that is like dangling success in front of you, like that's a healthy thing to like, it's kind of helping light your path, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> so... Um, yeah, so that's on the stuff that you want. Now, also with you, the thing that makes your major life decisions isn't your gut because you're a projector, so you don't have a gut. So it isn't about oh, lighting you up or not lighting you up because you're what's called an emotional projector. So emotional projectors are not necessarily, well, they're not people who can tell what they actually want in the moment because they're always on an emotional wave. And so basically sometimes things are high and sometimes things are low. And basically what they say for emotional people is that there's no truth in the now, which means that you're in a high or in you're in a low and like that situation is going to color your decision making ability. So it means like if you just, you know, had a fight with your sister, then obviously you're going to be more likely to say no to things that come your way because you're just going to be in a bad mood. Right. So um, for you, it's your emotions that make your decisions. And that is the one sort of like voice that you have inside you. So for example, um, different people can have different things that are supposed to be making their decisions. So you can have your gut, which is that kind of like, yes, I want that, the desire. So instead of let's say lighting up, let's say, yes, I want that. It's a desire. It's like a pull towards something. It's like a craving. It's almost, it's sensory. It's like, yes, I want that. I literally feel pulled towards it. So that's the gut. Some people have their spleen, which is about instinct, which are people that just hear a voice that say, yes, do this or don't do that. Or that smells funny. Or I smell a rat or this kind of, you know, I have a nose for a good deal, that type of thing, you know? So for you, yours is your emotions, which means that you have to basically wait until you're in a place where you feel cool, calm, and collected to be able to make decisions. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Now that's really powerful because that's the universe putting you back on path with the divine timing. Because if you make a decision at the wrong time, or you like email that person at the wrong time, or you do something at the wrong time, then that's not going to be the right time maybe that that person's supposed to hear it or maybe not the right time for you to get back to someone. So the thing about your emotional wave though is yours is kind of, it kind of tricks you a little bit because sometimes you don't even know that you're in an emotional wave because you can feel also very subtle emotions too. So, and I have a similar one too. So it's like, oh, sometimes you can't even identify with them. You can't even see them because they just feel like, not like, oh my God, crazy, happy or crazy, sad. They just feel like melancholy or like, nothingness or feeling meh you know yeah so the important thing is to really basically like the most important thing you'll master is like getting a handle on awareness of when you're just even a tiny little bit converging off that cool calm and collected and understanding that like you're just supposed to ride that phase out until that phase is over you can't rush it it's like god is a dj and you're just like playing the song and um that was the way the shaman who did my human design first put it to me. And I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. Um, but that's basically it. It's like as soon as you're in a place where you feel like a certain way, not the time to speak up, not the time to have an argument, not the time to make a decision, you have to do what I call ride out the wave of emotion oh and then revisit and then make the decision. So there's a lot of waiting and obviously the conditioning of the world is like you have to know straight away or you have to answer the email straight away. You have to know the answer straight away. You have to like speak in the moment and speak up for yourself when you're in an argument. You can't do that. Wow. Because what will happen is the next day you'll be like, shit, I like didn't even mean that or I didn't even care that much to say about it or like why did I express myself in the way that I wasn't even like I couldn't even get my voice across or whatever. 
So that's that comes with being emotional authority with having also no spleen and no uh, sacral lit up inside your chart. Okay. Mm. So for you, um, you know, whenever you can buy yourself time, you know, um, like even with my other half, I'll be like, let me think about this and get back to you. And he's like, because he doesn't understand this because he's not emotional. He's like, no, but I don't understand why you keep things inside you for so long. And like, well, let's just speak about things as they come up. And I'm like, I get that, but I actually have no visibility on what I'm actually feeling. So I don't want to say something to you that I don't actually feel. Mm. And then he gets it. And Sometimes I believe my voices in my head. I don't know mm. if this is tied mm-hmm. to that, but I... And it's a beautiful thing and a totally detrimental, how intense I live in my mind and how many stories, and I will believe them and go, I am so right. I am so justified. Mm-hmm. Like, And I've been wronged and slighted, whether it's with a boyfriend yeah, yeah. or a work person or a friend, <laughs> but usually it's like closest with a boyfriend because mm-hmm. you know, you're having sex with a person and they're yeah. very intimate. And then if I, yeah, if I do give myself a day or a week, which is pretty impossible because I just want to be like, oh, I want to... I want to talk about it now because it feels so good, the release. Mm. And then I get the shame being like, mm. I didn't really care about the thing and I mm. wasn't and I was wrong anyway. Yeah. And if I had just followed my intuition and went, oh, they meant well and this is not really a problem. Mm. You should save that shit for a real problem. Yeah. So I guess I've got to learn how to be quiet and notice more and then get in my calm. And I guess is calm happy? What does calm look like? Is that when you're happy again and you're not like... or? Like I'm making facial calm is like Jenna. <laughs> calm is like when you feel like you're not being pulled either way, which way. Like you're just not feeling any kind of emotion. Like you're just like fine. You're like fine. Middle. Like oh, I talked about this with Lacey too. It's interesting when you bring something up in that state. It actually garners a lot more. Other people can hear you better. I feel mm. like, and I feel like it's more so nice. more respected too. Because mm. when you're like. Oh, so I've been thinking about this thing and I'm not mad, but I just realized that uh, this is how I feel about the thing. Oh, this is kind of how you would have communicated at the Andante or at the coffee place I went to where the guy picked his nose (laughs) in a calm, sensible way. But but yeah, I feel like, I don't know. So I'm just trying to Mm. interpret what you're saying, if that's Mm. what you mean, because I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. Take it in. But also with you, you... um what you said about the voices inside your head, you literally do have three different teams inside your body. Really? Yeah. How do you know? Oh God, I'm all challenging. <laughs> I'm like, how dare you, Jenna? You see, these two are like a team because they're connected and then these guys and there. So that's like three different voices inside you. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Do so you have that like too? managing three people. It's being, yeah. You yeah. have three voices mm-hmm, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, how cool. Thank God. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be alone. Okay. No, no, don't worry. There's, <laughs> got, a, there's a few more people. <laughs> your, oh God. Okay. So I got yeah. three voices. Why? Who are they? So basically what it is, is that the soul chooses as many different voices or sources of intel that it wants inside its body to help it get to where it's supposed to get, accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish, right? So for you, it's never a bad thing. It's always good and it's always um, what's energy energetically correct for you so um with you basically what i'm seeing is that one is that you have a really innate um uh, ability to kind of like know people's needs like you kind of like really have this ability to like tap into the tribal like collective like needs like what are people needing not like a specific people but just like general like what are people needing type of thing so that's like one of the main kind of skills that you bring to this world the second one is about um, coming up with a, like, like you're a very, I would say, self-inspired type of person. Like you can just be sitting here without any like input and just be getting inspiration from God knows where. So it's like you don't need any like um, stimulus in order to just like receive 
inspiration, right? Yeah. So that's like really cool. Second thing is like you're always coming up with like new things, new things, new things. Like they should try this in this flavor or this should try that color or whatever. Just like things that come easy to you, which you think like it's just so effortless. So it's not even like a value add, but it really is because like obviously people would kill to have like someone coming up with new ideas for their like business or their brand or their whatever, right? Oh, wow. Or you could do it for yourself. It doesn't matter. Um, and then the other thing is actually about um, sort of uh, things making sense to you from a very, um, how do I put this? From a very like, things are just like um, obvious to you, that, that you have like an inner knowing where things are just like obvious to you, but not from a place of logic. You just like see, you just like know things. You just like, just stuff is like duh to you where like it maybe isn't other people and people will go well how how is that even but you can't explain how you just like things are just like revealed to you like truths just get like revealed to you like mini little truths all day long basically so those are like the three main things that are like what you have to come and bring so it's like three different skill sets and they all speak to you in different moments and at different times of day so it's like managing three different skill set different voices different children right and each one of those comes with their own fears their own you know um ways that they're not living their real self and so they can like manifest in like less positive ways or more positive ways um so yeah that's why it feels like voices so yeah. many voices in my head. Yeah. But the other thing that's important to know is that you um, are also someone who you instinctively are not somebody who anxiety and fear works well for. So think about some people who um, work well on fear. Like let's say you have the fear of, um, I don't know, failing. Basically for some people that will motivate them to actually succeed right? So it's healthy for them to use fear inside their body. For you, it's actually not healthy for you to have like um, fears like that. And so what it means is that the fears that you do have are fears that you kind of like need to work on because they're not actually conducive to like helping you produce momentum in your life. I need to work on them. Yeah. You just need to realize that they're not like um, bad things. So fears, basically, this is really fascinating. Fears manifest as fears whatever that quality is manifest as a fear when we're using it on ourselves whereas when we're using it for the wait outside. sorry say so, so that slower so i understand wait manifest yeah. is what no so when a fear like whatever a quality is that produces a fear mm-hmm. let's say if it's like two sides of the same coin right and that coin is something x right side one of that coin is like if you're using it on yourself, that coin if you're keeping that coin for yourself it comes across or it feels inside your system as a fear Whereas when you use that coin for the outside world, it actually becomes a skill. Okay. So for you, the fear of um, failure, if you use it on the outside world, it actually becomes an ability to really kind of be able to tell instinctively what's going to work and what's not going to work. Like you can see maybe a business or you can see a project and you can kind of like tell if something's going to work out or not. So that's like using your nose for failure on the outside world. You just don't want to use your nose for failure on yourself. And when using it on yourself means you keep it inside or you just... means like, oh, I'm going to fail. Oh my gosh, I'm so afraid of failing. What if I fail? That's going to be terrible. That means I'm awful, my self-worth, blah, blah, blah. And then, but then, and then I see how that happens in your brain and the, and the mm-hmm. inner spiral. Mm-hmm. How, what does it look like when it's uh, 
when it's outside of you. What yeah. Does that so look like? um, that means that you could, um, that's one of the ways that you could guide people or that's one of the ways that you could become smarter about the world around you. It's just there to kind of, anything that's instinctive is to do with survival. It's to enable our survival um, individually, but also as a species. So you being able to kind of see and have a nose for what's going to work, what's not going to work out is there to basically help us as a society in theory. So you mean you just have to like throw yourself into the world and try the thing you're afraid that might fail? Okay. So I just don't know what it looks like. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Sorry. So imagine it like a battery and you can either use that battery on um, yourself, indulging your own fears, or if you free up that space of the battery that you're using on yourself, then naturally the skill of being able to tell what's going to work out or not will just develop. So our work for like becoming our higher self is actually not about trying to become our higher self, but stop stopping putting the brakes on things of all the qualities that we have that we're using in the wrong ways. Does that make sense? I think it does. And I think when I listen back to this, I'll hear it better and it'll land because I do... And I've lost like 11 pounds lately, like just because I'm like constantly worrying and I have all this wow. stress. I feel like I'm just like about a million things. All yeah. the voices in my head about like, uh, and I hope this is not too personal and totally annoying, but this is, a, this is the narrative of my podcast, I guess. Yeah. I'm in this new relationship. He's lovely, but all I do, I'm just like, I think uh, I have a lot of fear of trusting and uh, again, I'm bringing back to relationship mm-hmm. stuff, not necessarily career stuff. I yeah. probably should put it on career stuff, but like... And that fear doesn't serve me. It'd be better just to date. It'd just be better just to be happy, right? Uh, Why? Yeah. No, totally. Well, what's interesting is that, and this is really interesting, is that both of you have the exact same fears that overlap. What do you mean? The fears that are inherent to you. What are, are they? The same fears that he has. So yours is about um, failing and running out of time. And my, ha- you can tell that my fa- fear is. We've got to go back to my chart, okay? But wait, yeah. you can tell that my thing is running out of time. And failing? Is that everybody's chart? No, that's like the, that's always the fears like, that you inherently came back here to heal. And his too. That's So it's really interesting because you guys potentially could like, you know, heal them together. Really? We have a lot of overlap there, yeah. How do we heal them together? So say, for example, if you start to go, do you know what? I realize that like every time I worry about running out of time, it's basically like me telling my, me believing that I'm in charge when I'm actually not. And it's all the divine anyway. So anytime I catch that fear coming in, it's my, my choice to like my chance to practice like surrender or just to remind myself of what is surrender? Like I hate that word anyway, but it's like this practice of like, instead of being like, oh, I'm feeling a fear of not having enough time. Instead of letting that run your day, you go, hold on a second. That fear is basically the divine tapping me on the shoulder saying, honey, remind reminder, you're not in charge. And then you just go, oh yeah, okay. That was that fear trying to remind me that I'm not in charge. Great. Oh. And then if you share that with someone else who also has that same fear, then we can like, you Get know. over it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because he's in his 30s and I always go, oh my God, I feel like I'm running out of my time, out of time in my 30s. And he says things like, oh, I thought like, I always thought life begins in your 30s. So, oh. he, so he doesn't have that fear when, you know, when we talk about it. So I'm like, oh, wow, it gives me license to like go, oh, life keeps going. As long as we're alive, you can keep doing what you want to be doing. Anyway. Can I say something about him or is that totally not no, okay? No, please. Um, he has another bigger fear than all these things, which is um, fear of being his highest, most powerful self. He has the fear of being his highest, most powerful self? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, just so you know that that's what you're dealing with. Really? Yeah. So what does that mean for me? Uh, nothing. It just means that, you know, if you ever catch him kind of like, you know, keeping himself small or anything, then that's when you can try and 
you know, hold that mirror up to him if if you feel like he's interested in seeing your opinion on but things. How, how do you even stuff? How do you even navigate that? How do you if if he's not inviting me? How do I? Yeah, if he's not inviting you, you can't say anything. You can't say anything. No. <laughs> Interesting. Do I have that fear too? Making myself small. Uh, you have a fear of uh, not being deep enough. Not being deep enough. Yeah, like depth. It's like, oh, what if I'm bad underneath type of thing. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Is this what yeah, do you mean? So it's like... Um, being deep with another person or in the world? Just in yourself, like your depth. Like a, well, the fear of like being like totally like just what is underneath, like all the like getting into like the the you know maybe like you're worried you'll find something that you don't like or maybe there's something that is there that's unworthy or something like that a fear of getting deep with myself yeah oh interesting yeah but your two biggies are um running out of time and failure so but the important thing to know is that those failures in you and other people they would like drive them to like do something else about it or it would be helpful for them to kind of act on it but for you it isn't so you just kind of like have to sit on your couch and like undo those like energetically do you know what I mean with your consciousness you have to be like these are not real and my soul basically came back this time around to heal those and to understand that they're not they're not the real me and therefore like how can I use these fears to deepen my understanding of like oh yeah, none of this is real anyway. We're living in a hologram. Like, what is failure? Like, what is time? Like, how do, who do I, who am I to say that I don't have enough time anyway? Like, how silly. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of make light of it and make it fun because that's how you heal them. So to eradicate the fear and just acknowledge it and let it go will we'll heal, we'll be healing. Yeah. And then I can go after my stuff more, more light as opposed to like... <sighs> Oh God! Yeah, is that right? I'm just making sure I understand. It. Yeah, so it's like um, when you understand the kind of like I guess like the nugget that those fears are here to give you, which in your case is like the wisdom that like you're not in control of time, and that you're you know who who cares about what I think what my idea of success and failing is? It just matters so much that I'm like showing up as my highest self. Who cares what the robe is at the way that comes across to the rest of the world? That those are the things, those are like the wisdoms that you like need to integrate in your life this time around. Oh, and what are my what is my highest self? What am I meant to do here? I'm so confused because so, I thought I knew, and then now I'm just like, who knows any? I don't know anything. So your higher self um is about being someone who uses those skills of that inner knowing, the self-inspiration, and the needs of the tribe to whatever it is that you end up doing with your time. But it's to help. It's to see people. To guide. To, see, to guide. Yeah. To see people. Because it's effortless for me to get rid of thinking. Oh, my God. That made the funniest sound in my head. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. You didn't know it was funny. It was actually a funny, funny sound. But like, uh, and then I just, and just like let that fear go because the fear hurts me. The fear is something that your soul basically said, I want to be rid of this. And one of the things I'm going to do this lifetime around is get rid of it because it's keeping me from being, basically the soul wants to just cleave to the divine. It just wants to be like the light, right? And so anything that is not the way that the divine works, the soul wants to get rid of in order to become the light again, like be reunited with the light. And so anything that is anything that we have that is not like how the divine is, um, we want to get rid of and so fear it's not to say that darkness is bad we don't want to kind of like you know float off into the land of like fairies and unicorns but we just want to not have like stupid fears and lack consciousness and like me being better than you and all that stuff does that make sense yeah yeah 
Anything else that we're missing out on or that should be? Tons of things. Okay. So let's dive deep. Um, You have, so two things that are really important for you is that you need to understand, again, the world has told you that being consistent is healthy and being disciplined is healthy. Both of those things are incorrect for you. So you're someone who's actually a lot better kind of just like deciding how the day is going to go instead of like planning the day or instead of saying, I'm going to have breakfast every single, you know, day at 9 a.m. or whatever. It's much more, you know, easy for you to just kind of like go with it, if that makes sense, because that is a strength for you that manifests like positively in your life. Then there's another thing which basically says that you manifest in a passive way. Did Lacey touch on this with you? Because one of the things that I should... So the world is divided into people who manifest actively and passively, which means that some people are active um, when they manifest, which means that being specific about what you want and making a list about getting into the nitty gritty and the detail really helps them. So that would be like a Lacey, like she's great when she's like, I want a a car with this color interiors or whatever, right? So for you, you're actually a passive manifester, which means that you shouldn't really get into the details. You should think more about like asking the universe for like helping you be your best self and just getting really general and like, I just want to be healthy people. I just want to guide people. I just want to see my gifts. I just want to heal my fears. I just want to whatever, because that's what kind of like directs the flow more. So like, I'm the same as you, for example. And if I start to think about, I want to read for this person, it just like all goes to pot. Whereas if I think like, I just want to, you know, read for whoever I'm supposed to read for, put me in the right place where I'm, wherever I'm supposed to be, help me show up as my higher self. And that's kind of like, always what works whereas if I get into the details I can like never manifest from like a list or anything like that um so that's another thing to know about yourself that's kind of important now it's a bit of a contradiction though because you do have an eye for detail and you really can kind of like zoom in and see things so you just want to understand that that's like a separate ability than the then kind of like it doesn't really belong in the way that you ask for things it's just something that you like bring to the world when we're talking about like you inspiring yourself and you seeing things and getting inspired like that's when you can get into the detail and the nitty-gritty and that kind of stuff too does that make sense yes i'm just trying not to interrupt because this is like the greatest thing in the entire world right now (laughs) Um, so that's really important. Um, another thing is that you do need a hell of a lot of alone time, like a hell of a lot of alone time. Projectors anyway need alone time, but you specifically need a lot more. And that's because that's kind of when you, um, you know, with all this inspiration that's coming to you, you actually can't really be around other people when you're in that flow of like getting inspired. So you need to like create a lot. You need to like carve out a lot of alone time to basically say to the universe, like I'm free for you to inspire me. I'm available basically. So it also comes with like not busying yourself or filling your time because that's basically saying to the universe, I'm not open right now to being, you know, in that kind of receiving state. So for you, what I'm really seeing is like about um, almost just like, not even and I sometimes cringe with these things because I, I maybe they just don't work for me with like you know getting into a mode and creating a ritual where you get into it and this and that like you can do it just as simple as like sitting on your couch and being like great phone away I'm ready you know what I mean and just like saying I'm around you know yeah wherever you are in the world so it doesn't have to be this like highfalutin sacred thing yeah, you know what I mean totally or it's like I lit the candle yeah I just meditated <laughs> I'm ready yeah <laughs> I feel like that's all I do is like, I feel like I did that yesterday where I just was like, I had a lot of stuff to do. And I used to be like this a lot more when I was younger, but I was just took a four hour bath and just sat on my so couch nice. and, and just and like, I was like, I'm not getting anything done. And I had this duality. I was at odds with myself a bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Then I went, 
this just feels right. And then today, for whatever reason, it's unfolding, and I needed that time yesterday. So when you say things, just like you said earlier, like it's going to sound like not not such a surprise what you're saying. Yeah. It does feel familiar, but it's Mm -hmm. like familiar internal things that Mm -hmm. I felt where I go, oh, this is me. Like this is just how I work. Yeah. But it is wonderful to hear you saying it. Keep going. Yeah. Don't let me interrupt again. So it's really interesting because obviously what you said about like I used to do that a lot as a kid, like that's the number one clue of like, because the closer you were to day zero, you were less conditioned, right? So what are the things that you like revere about your younger self that you thought your younger self just like had it down in certain ways that you you don't anymore, right? Yeah. Because those are things that like we want to get ourselves back to. So like if your younger self used to take baths, like... Or even in my early 20s where I was just like, I don't know what my plan is today. I'm going to Whole Foods now. Love. At this time, I'm going to go to this thing. But then I, you also have to like, you know, live your life and run air and like yeah. make money and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, so you keep your life going. But mm. but I love this. Okay, keep going. So with money then, um, with you... Obviously, the world tells us that we have to think about how we're going to make money in order to make money. That's actually incorrect for you. So when you strategize about how to make money, it doesn't really come to you as well as it will if you just follow your need to be successful and then the rest, the money will follow as like the side effect. So when you're thinking or planning for money, it doesn't really work. Whereas when you are focusing on trying to do what makes you feel successful, then money comes as a byproduct yeah that's ins- that's exciting yeah yeah which is really important and then you know the thing about what you were saying about the bonds though is that and kind of beating yourself up about not being productive that's the thing that projectors don't have they're not productive people they're not supposed to be doers like I, I tried to saying. tell Lacey I was like do you ever feel lazy she's like no I'm a really hard worker and I was like ah <laughs> but I, and I, I just feel like so lazy not lazy but I'll do stuff for like three hours or whatever but like or I'll yeah. do stuff but most of the time, just like, God, if I could just be laying around, texting, mm. taking a bath and not mm-hmm. doing... I just wanted to... And I was like, God, am I just a really lazy person? Mm. Well, my I'm, theory is that everyone needs to be doing less. I don't think the nine to five like is built for the modern world anyway at this point. Yeah. But projectors in particular, we've spoken about this, um, Lacey and I, because they're only supposed to do three hours a day, max, 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 max of work. Um, because otherwise what's happening is that because you don't have your own ability to like do that productivity thing, any productivity that's coming from you, coming out of you is basically that you are absorbing that productive energy from the generators or the manifestors or the manifesting generators out in the world. And then you can amplify that and kind of like use it. It's kind of like taking a really strong shot of coffee. Like it will lift you for a bit, but if you try and like keep on taking it, it's going to like wire you out. So you need to like strategically produce based on the energy that you're picking up from, but you can't overly force yourself to produce because it's like pushing the, um, uh, you know, putting your foot on the accelerator, but there's no gas. Yeah. So you can't overly give yourself a hard time on being productive. So I'll give you an example with me. Before I was doing what I'm doing now, I was running two businesses. We talked about you, yeah. Pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it like honestly didn't get me like anywhere close to where it, quote unquote should have gotten me like I was in a food business and I like back home started a like a healthy food brand and it was like making gluten-free dairy-free sweets and vegan things and whatever and um the amount of work that I put in and the strategies that I had and the ideas that I had and it was so like you know ahead of the curve and it was like the first one but yet I literally watched other people start things and zoom past me and I would think like what is wrong with me like why is this not coming easy to me yeah and it's just because like I wasn't in my flow like I was doing something that I thought I 
you know, running a business is a good thing to do and that's the only way to make money and that's the only way to be successful, the only way to be happy. And the universe was just not giving me flow because I was not using my energy correctly. I was trying to be productive and work like 12 hours a day. And now I'm working max three hours a day, most days, still sometimes, you know, here and there you get it wrong, but, and arguably having way more success than I experienced in like the seven years of doing what I slogged at so difficult with such difficulty is that because you're more you're doing something that lights you up that's meant that's like what you know I there's I heard a phrase where it's like follow like whatever you're googling the most or something like or like because you're doing something that's brings you joy yeah I think did the other thing not I guess it's all words as well but like from an energetic perspective I could have run a food business if that was what I was on earth to do as a projector but the way I would have run it would be like by directing more people or taking on more of a like consultant type of role rather than like me trying to get into you know the being the super achiever in that role do you know what I mean yeah. so being if what that you was think what I, yeah to, yeah I get that so I could have done that if that was what I was supposed to be doing but I just didn't it just didn't work out for me and thank god it didn't work out yeah you know what else do you see there <laughs> oh god I know we could keep going. So, um, oh boy, here we go. Oh so, no. <laughs> no, so this is interesting. Um, for you, there's a principle in the I Ching that says um, chaotic thought only creates chaotic action. The way that it manifests inside of you is that what happens is that you have an ability to feel other people's doubts. It's almost kind of like a psychic thing. You know, when people are doubtful. Um, and Basically, when people are doubting you, you as a person, um, how do I put this? Like misidentify with that doubt as coming from yourself. So if someone isn't believing in you, you all of a sudden start to think that it's you not that's not believing in you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So what needs to happen is a kind of like a differentiation or a dissociation from that doubt where every time you feel like you're doubting yourself, you go, hold on a second. This isn't coming from me. This is something that I've picked up from the outside world. I still hate that the outside person is doubting me though. I really don't like that. Why but are they that, doubting me? Then you know, but then you know that that's coming from them and not coming from yourself. Okay. Right? And then obviously if it's coming from them, then you know it could be a host of things. Like maybe they doubt themselves and then, you know, projecting, projecting, projecting. that onto me. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe um, it's coming from a place of them not being able to have that nose for what's going to work out or not like you do. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Could be a mar- it could be a myriad Yeah, of I'll things. prove them wrong. Like Jessica Alba proved people wrong and she yeah. became a gen- generating manifestor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so... Um, um, you know, you have to just not let other people's doubts um, manifest in you as you having your own doubts because you, you're you not supposed to have doubts about yourself. Well, why didn't you come on my podcast years ago? <laughs> why didn't you tell me right that years time, ago? Right time, right <laughs> time. Yes, I will let other people's feelings or their vibe or their energy towards me or their doubt of me or all of that stuff affect me so deeply that it'll be like, I just like take on their energy and mm-hmm. I will make it personal and I'll make it my own. Yeah. Even people who are insecure or whatever. Yeah, it's painful. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I have to like shake it off and it takes me days. But go on, yeah. Yeah, so it will see how like what you said, it takes you days. It's like that's actually costing your battery so much. It's like draining your ability to then be in that space of nothingness to receive more things or to have more synchronicities and opportunities come your way, right? Because you're busy with like the hangover, the doubt hangover basically. Yeah. So if you can get rid of the doubt hangover, catch it, like sooner and sooner in its tracks each time, then you're like maximizing like the opportunity cost of like um, 
you know, all that doubt is like all that potential good stuff that could be coming in. Yeah. Right? So what we want to do is just have you like each time it happens, oh, I'm doubting myself. That's not coming from me. Where's it coming from? Can I see where it's coming from? Or did I just pick it out from being out in the world? Where did I get it from? Like, where's the source? And even if you don't find the source, if you're not someone that needs to know the source of it, all you have to do is be like, oh, that isn't me. That's me picking up on it. Got it. And as soon as you, like I always say to people, it's like awareness is the great healer. Second you know what stuff is, then you're like fine with it. But it's the things that we don't understand or know and we spend so much time trying to overanalyze that really like drains us and keeps us like operating at like, you know, subpar type of level. I love this. This is so great. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, with you, the more you doubt yourself, the le- the when you doubt yourself less, more inspiration will come to you. So instead of thinking about how am I going to come up with more ideas, more inspiration, you go, how can I stop spending so much time or giving those doubts so much airtime? Because then I'm going to free up that battery to be free for the inspiration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is great. So you don't even know have to know how to like become, come up with more ideas or like have new direction or blah, blah, blah. You just have to like, like I said, you have to like stop resisting, you know, like take off the like breaks that we all like, you know, put on. Yeah. So that's also, um, yeah, really fascinating. Um, now also with you, which is really uh, an amazing quality is that, um, you have like a, um, I kind of want to say like a marketing thing. And it's also like, you know, the word manipulating has like such a negative con- connotation. I love it. Keep telling me. <laughs> Um, but you can really get things across to people in the way that they need to hear them. So it's like, start to pay attention to the way that you like, are like talking about what you do or talking about a product or trying to like, not sell, sell in the, in the obvious way, but when you're trying to get something across to someone that for them to really understand, you actually can get it. You can kind of like change the way that you message it in order for it to get through to them in the way they need to hear it. Yeah. So that's also a really... Again, that's like a quality that, you know, if I was doing a chart for your parents, I would say like, tell her that this is something she's really good at. But if you've never been told like, oh, this is something that is like unique about you, you assume just because it comes easy to you that it's nothing special. Oh my God. Everybody. Yeah. I have no idea. I can't see myself at all. Right. All I do is want to be seen. Thank you at least for seeing no. me. God, we should date. I really hope my boyfriend, <laughs> I hope my boyfriend can see me. Oh my God. Now I'm terrified. I hope he tells me. But, but you know what I mean? Like if you got parented, like according yeah. to who you were. Yeah. But that, that did not happen. So yeah. I'm walking around, no clue. Think, that's why everybody mm-hmm. needs to get a human design reading. That's why, yeah. oh my God, you're yeah. going you're gonna, to you're gonna be a billionaire <laughs> after this episode comes out. People are going to be like, I want what Alexi got. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, um, what's really cool because um, there's a lot of people that have booked in. If you can't wait until, you know, whenever my next slots are to have, you know, to, in to person? see me. Uh, no, over FaceTime. I do all my readings over FaceTime. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, basically what I what I started to do because a lot of the information on human design out there is like very literal and very damning and I just don't like the the words that they use and stuff like that so um, because the human design knowledge that I speak about is channeled um, what I started to do was like I came up with an idea one day when I was like what if I did the first half of a session with me would be talking about your energy type anyway like we'd go half an hour into projectors so I recorded half an hour for projectors half an hour for project uh, reflectors and so on and so forth and you can basically buy those on my website so you can download like the first half of a reading with me anyway to just mainly understand your energy type yeah and if you just do that for you and your other half and you're like I don't know, your coworkers, like even mastering your energy type takes 
so long. And if you just do that, you're like, life is going to be so different already. Wow. That okay. it's like, that's the most powerful thing you can do is use your energy differently. And where do you know? they go to? Just my website, jennazoe.com. And I basically um, started a section on there called the rabbit hole. So it's like people that want to go down the rabbit hole with yeah. human design. I've gone down so, that rabbit hole. I love it. This, yeah. is, this is a portal too. Yeah. It's and then, yeah. yeah. And then we're doing like a whole thing on how to eat for the different types as well. That's oh, coming wow. out uh, on June 26th. Oh, that's brilliant. And then we'll do relationships off to that and working together and yeah. all the bunch of different things so people can like kind of piece together all the different things to get like a reading from me without having to you know so I am book in or whatever I'm having you on this podcast at the this is the beginning of your empire you're about to explode <laughs> you're on the precipice of like it's true it's exciting this it is, is really exciting. cool you're welcome everybody <laughs> you monsters anyway keep telling me about me um, <laughs> well this is what's interesting is that you do have you know, like I think I said to you already, newness is such an important part of your chart, right? So new things are things that you kind of really easily take to. So you might, I don't know if you ever saw that thing about like people that first get onto a wave of a trend and then there's like the mass people and then it gets old. Yeah. Like you're really, because you're someone who's new, new, always about the new, 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 new. You really are someone who's like the always on the first crux of a wave, right? So again, to realize that about yourself and that is a quality that is going to make you successful yeah. is important because... If someone said to you, if your parents had said to you, you know, the very fact that you're always on like the first bit of the wave and the very fact that you're self-inspired and that you can kind of feel what the tribe needs, that's your ticket. That's the money right there. Then you'd be like, cool. And you would like lead with that your entire life. Yeah. But obviously... Useless. You didn't. Parents are useless. <laughs> well, what's really interesting is that the guy who founded Human Design basically said, you know, this is, this is going to be helpful for all of you guys because like as in people are, that are alive right now, because you can do all this deconditioning. But imagine when babies are born and we can raise them from day one according to their human design. Oh my God. How much more powerful it's going to be because they're not going to have 30 odd years of undoing shit. Oh my God. I'm gonna, I can't wait to find out the human design of my baby. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it'll be with this man I'm dating. It could be. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Does he see me? Does he want babies with me? We haven't even said I love you yet. I don't know Aww, what's going on. So it's the early <laughs> rush. It's the fun part. It's only been three months. Is it fun? I'm panicking. Oh, wow. So fun. No, he... Um, so he has to basically really start to see his own natural... Um, he has like a very charismatic nature, but he needs to start to see it himself because his charisma is actually the thing that's going to pull towards him, like all the people that he's going to end up needing to work with and all the people that are going to, you know, he's just kind of like almost like getting there with a team. So it's all about the people around him. So when he kind of like recognizes himself as a charismatic person and discovers that for himself, like I would say that's like the main thing that he needs to do. But obviously, he only can be charismatic when he's doing stuff that really um, excites him, lights him up. Yeah. Right? So the more he'll, he is able to just do things that excites him, he will, in those moments, be able to see himself as his most charismatic self. And so it's kind of about piecing those moments together. So he's more often charismatic than uncharismatic. And so then his like frame of how he sees himself becomes a bit different. Am I too cool and charismatic for him and I should break up with him because he's more insecure than I knew? Um, I don't know. Is this what you're saying? No, I'm just saying he needs to discover that he needs to own that he's charismatic. I try to compliment him and he just won't let me compliment Aww. him. I'm like, you're gor- he's the most handsome man in the world. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, you need to accept the compliment, man. If you're well, listening, you better be this listening. This is the other thing about him. He's not, he's non-emotional. So this What? Is, yeah. Oh my God. 
It's not a deal breaker. Don't <laughs> worry. My other half is non-emotional too. So basically non-emotional people are people who their default setting is cool, calm, and collected. Oh. And then the world happens to them and only then does, do they feel a certain way. So they're the opposite of you where you could just be feeling whatever, unrelated. I'm feeling all the time. Yeah. Whereas for the both of us, right? And so he could easily feel things because he's kind of like a sponge for the outside world. So he's because he has no emotions of his own. He's like a magnifier for other people, for other emotions. He might not know it, but the point is, whatever he feels is not his own stuff. It's caused by the external world. So non-emotional people have a lot more clarity about fights, discussions, blah blah blah, because how they feel in the moment is genuinely how they feel in the moment. So. For a non-emotional person, what you have to watch, being an emotional, it's the hardest thing because it's really important that you start to see this as not your fault, but I'm the same. I'm, I'm an emotional and my other half is non-emotional. If I'm in a two out of 10 bad mood and he is all of a sudden like reacting as if he's in a bad mood or asking me what's wrong with me and on the surface, I'm like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just in a teeny tiny bit of a bad mood. It's totally caused by me that he's then like, shifted oh really yeah so okay because he's caught he's moved by outside stuff so he's picked up on my emotion on a i'm feeling a two out of ten annoyed and he can sense it in a five out of ten type of way oh so my stress will stress him out yes because that seems like that's what happens he's always like relax if you stop stressing i'll stop stressing he's actually said that right there you go and i'm like and i and i actually my answer is Relax? I don't know how to relax. <laughs> but the key is that you're honest with it. I'm like, what does that mean? I can't relax. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm honest with him, but then I feel... That's in- the most important. But then I feel intense shame that I'm annoying him with my feelings and I yeah. try to stuff it, but then I really need to talk through it. And I, yeah. I'm afraid if I keep talking through it, instead mm. of getting closer like I want, he'll just get sick of it. So here's the conditioning of the of emotions. So society says good emotions are make you worthy and bad emotions make you unworthy. So we are told like if we feel a bad emotion, that means we have to pretend that we're not feeling that bad emotion. Yeah. And yet if we're feeling like we, we want to scream shit from the hilltops, we will like go around and tell everyone. So the number one key thing to understand is that emotions are here to basically, um, if you're an emotional, emotions are here to basically like increase your EQ. So actually like you being okay with understanding, okay, right now I'm feeling this and isn't this interesting and it's not permanent and I have to just know that this isn't my real state, right? So those type of things remove the idea that you are your emotions because you're not, right? And so then they no longer cause this need to like over associate your worth with your emotion because just because we're told that bad emotions make us unworthy so when you can truly separate like bad emotions making you unworthy then you can share from a place that's going to come across to him in such a different way than if you were sharing while still believing that your emotions made you unworthy so there's such a difference between going through the emotions of being like i'm feeling shit right now and you judging yourself for that versus you saying i'm feeling shit right now and you not you not judging yourself for that Oh, yeah, like I'm having all these thoughts and I notice this thing happened, blah, blah, and it's making me feel this way. If I'm just like lighter about it, if I recognize mm. it mm. and talk about where my, I'm just seeing if, if I'm understanding you. Yeah. Like if I'm like, I saw this thing on your Instagram and it made me feel jealous and insecure. But if I go, hey, I'm feeling jealous and insecure today, it's this yeah. thing, that's the better way. But I still, but then I also have a lot of fear that like, even being like that, even being like me again, these are my thoughts and feelings today. Even if it's like upbeat, shrouded in yeah. a joke and comedy, 
it's still talking about feelings with a British man, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how much can a person take? Mm. And does it get annoying or is it charming? And I just want somebody, but maybe this is because I'm too lazy to do the work. I want somebody, I want somebody who's like, laughs, doesn't take me so seriously Mm. and doesn't, I mean, I want them to take me seriously, but I don't want them to align with my mood. Right. I don't want that because mm-hmm. that's that doesn't help me and it's not so serious. If they take it light, I'll match them. Yeah. If, they, if they go, hey, crazy, don't worry. Of course mm-hmm. I love you. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. You're being ridiculous. No, I'm not in love with that girl. Yeah. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm attracted to you. Yes, I think you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, I should do the internal work to be 100% in my bones. Mm-hmm. That would be ideal. Yeah. If I can't and I'm not 100% there yet, but I will be. Maybe in another lifetime, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I I would hope for a partner to just not uh, be like, why are you asking? Like, to, I don't mm-hmm. know, match me on the panic level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then take all the responsibility and be stressed because I'm stressed. Because mm-hmm. really, the minute I say it, it dissipates. Right. But then if they take it on, then I feel intense shame because now I've made a situation mm-hmm. really... Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So I don't know what, how you feel about any of that, but um, like, I'm just really vomiting I up. feel like... um. Well, there's a couple things in the sense that if you lead it in a certain way, then it's more likely to have that same effect. So like you being light about it and genuinely light about it instead of like trying to make it sound comical, then that person will mirror that back to you because don't forget, whatever emotion you're feeling, they're amplifying it. So oh, you're he's a got, two out of 10 and he's, he's got a no, five out of 10. Because he's got no insides. He's yeah. got no... Got it. Got he's it. dead on the well, inside. He is, he's a robot. He's I'm a kidding. dead in the inside <laughs> robot. He is, I'm kidding. He's my sex bot. Yeah. But, um, you know, it will always kind of like the, the true underneath, not so much what you're saying, but the true energy underneath is going to be what he's going to then magnify. So either you can get to a place where you truly feel like it is light and you can make it light within yourself and then share that. It will come back to you in a light way. But then also like there's the obvious uh, place where things can get misunderstood where if he's heard a thousand times, like if what you're saying is like, yeah, I'm kind of jealous and insecure and it's kind of, you know, that's just me and, you know, we can, whatever, then you end up laughing about it and it's like a thing that brings you closer. If he's got the experience where he's reframing that, that's kind of on him as well. Do you know what, what I mean? What do you mean? Yeah, because like men will obviously think if you, even if, I don't know, like a part of me thinks like even if we were also okay about being so vocal with our emotions, we still collectively, because we're coming out of a place where we didn't, we weren't so open with our emotions. We're kind of like the people that are on the forefront of how to talk about emotions in a different way. We really are. Projectors you know, like, or women? No, no. Um, all of us right now in society, like in 2018, yeah. that's, this is our karma, don't forget, of this cycle and we're coming to the end of it. Right? Yeah. So all the pre-existing um, ways that things were done are kind of like working against us a little bit because we really are like trying this out in a new way and there is no like examples of like this working out and being totally okay. Yeah. So even if we say like, oh, I kind of felt jealous, like it's very common for I guess uh, someone in a relationship with us to go like oh well you have no reason to feel jealous and oh my god that's a you know that's another one of these crazy women feeling jealous all the time why because historically that's the way that things were run so when we're kind of like breaking new frontiers here in the way that we talk about things because people have so much to frame you know of like the opposite um, do you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, like a cra- like a woman's a crazy bitch and blah blah. Yeah. As opposed to being like, no, honestly, I'm I'm insecure and vulnerable because I'm falling in love with you. Yeah, and this tr- quote unquote triggers me, for mm. lack of a better word, but that word does mean something. This thing that happened that I have access to because mm. of Instagram of an ex girlfriend commenting on your thing, which is totally out of the blue, that makes me feel like it makes me feel something because I'm falling in love and I'm insecure and I'm vulnerable. Mm. 
But yeah, it's terrifying to talk about that with a person because you're afraid of a man, a British man, mm. a man in general is going to be like, oh, here we go. Roll I their know. eyes. Oh my gosh. And and so I take on the burden of like, oh, I'm going to annoy him. I'm going to annoy him. Blah, yeah. blah. And it's like, uh, I wish men in general, if you're listening and there are men who listen to the show, yeah, could just have a little bit of understanding and not get so irritated because men have been conditioned not to talk about their feelings. A thousand percent. Men are supposed to, you know, and you say stiff upper lip, you mm. know, like they're not meant to cry. They're supposed to be strong. They're supposed to make a lot of money. That's yeah. their conditioning. So their, yeah. their reaction to a woman's, you know, if we're going to do it by gender, because mm. let's face it, it's mm-hmm. easy, easy to do and I'm not wrong. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their reaction being annoyed and irritated and put out and stressed by a woman's emotion, that's what they've been conditioned to react with. A thousand percent. So fuck you, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I'm just saying, so it's like, help me through this. I don't yeah. want to feel so guilty. I know. You know? I kind of like, the way I sort of, in the beginning, it kind of bothered me a lot because I think there is this collective thing of like men affirm it to each other. Like, Ugh. oh, women. You know, like I see that like a lot. Um, and, uh, I do think that that's something that's gone on for like centuries. And that's one of the reasons why we, you know, don't express ourselves or don't, um, are afraid to stand in our power or be, you know, the, our kind of like most, um, you know, uh, expressed selves, right. Because of the judgment that we get from men. So I think like on the one hand, it's also women's fault for placing so much, um, responsibility on men to validate us too because it's like oh well if the band says that i'm unworthy or that she's prettier than me then wow that means i'm terrible yeah. you know oh my god you're so, so right it's I twofold feel like a, it's our fault you know like as well do you know what i mean like why am i in the first place like giving a shit about what he calls me if he if this random guy thinks i'm a nag like okay check myself do i think i'm an ag and if so then i'll go work on that but on the other hand it could also just be your stuff that you've been conditioned to think is you know oh women do this and i'm like oh well really maybe you're just like afraid to have an emotional conversation or to admit your own stuff so then you're judging it in me like yeah you know and sometimes actually going through the entire course of the conversation mm. uh, and even getting back to this book, getting the love you want and an imago exercise communicating that, you know, between two partners in a relationship, if you actually talk through all the insecurities mm-hmm. and go, listen, I'm feeling, and this is what I'm going through. I'm vulnerable. I'm falling in love with a new person. It's hard to trust somebody you've only known for three months, mm-hmm. especially when you come from a broken childhood and also, you know, you've dated a bunch of people and gone through some stuff and you're mm-hmm. vulnerable. So... Why should I trust 100%? Why can't I have some questions? Yeah. Why can't this take time to mm. get to know one another? And, and there are going to be moments of like, yeah, insecurity, mm. questions, reassurance. Mm. And it won't just all be in one fell swoop of like, mm. oh, I told you you're beautiful that one time. Or I told you, I, I, I you know, I don't yeah. know, I'm trustworthy. It's like, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And we do make babies. We mm-hmm. have periods every single month that mess with our with our hormones we're such incredible we make life in our tummy Mm -hmm. it's like uh give us a little respect give Mm -hmm. us a little respect (laughs) i don't know there's like men and women are different totally and yeah and we have to like crack this you know okay yeah social conditioning but anyway that was a tangent i think it's so true and also um well the one thing that i make sure that i do with my other half is if i because i'm emotional too like if i did say something that was 
a little bit more exaggerated. I'm the next day. I'm not going to be all like proud and stand by that stance. I'll be like, by the way, I think I was exaggerating that a little bit or like, don't take that one so seriously or whatever, because I feel like that helps us get closer in the sense that I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong or when I'm like overly making a big deal out of things. Yeah. So that also helps us get closer because he knows I'll admit when I think I'm wrong and he'll admit when he thinks he was wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I so do. So that kind of like fosters like, okay, we can kind of create the space to say things, but if if we kind of take a step back and see that it's not, you know, well, it has to be my way all the time or I have to be right all the time. Yeah. Then, you know, because I need him to see that I'm right or for whatever reason, then um, it just opens like a much more kind of open dialogue. And also when I'm having like insecurities and stuff, I try to not make them heavy. So I try not to think of like, oh shit, I have this terrible insecurity that means like doom and gloom. Oh no. It just is like, you know, honey, I kind of feel a bit like funky about this one. And like, I just don't know, like maybe it's me and, you know, maybe I'm having a bad day, but like, it's really like getting to me right now. Yeah. And then it's like not putting him, not putting it on him. And so then he feels like he can like feel free to just like zoom in and workshop with me or he'll just like not understand it at all. You know, if he, you know, sometimes he won't, um, yeah. in which case I'll explain to him more, but I just feel like what human design taught me about emotion is that bad ones don't have to invoke heaviness out of us. Oh, great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, the ones that we told are negative, you know? Well, I also wonder, like, sometimes I wonder if I, I maybe mean, this is just way too detail oriented, but like, I wonder if I have all these emotions and I'm doing all these things and, and I wonder if this person even opens up what's really going on inside of him. I wonder, I don't even ever, I don't know, I'm confused. I, I don't even know if I'm making mm. sense, but like uh, sometimes I feel like there's not so much sharing. Oh, sorry, let me put my code in. Um, yeah, there's just so, not so much sharing on his end. Not that men really want to share, but sometimes you get a feeling like you know, I don't know, like like there's no volunteering of uh, information about who this person is and their insides. Yeah. And sometimes I realize that I go, wow, is it just him doing all these nice things for me and wanting to keep me calm and happy and then putting out fires if I'm not. Mm. But are we really diving into who he is and getting yeah. getting intimate? So I, I'm like trying to look at that and be like, oh, because I really want to know the person I'm mm-hmm. dating. And uh, and I think, yeah. I just, I think I'm waking up to being like, oh, I want to give him permission. And I don't even know if he wants the permission mm. to do that, to like mm. crack, to get mm. into another person. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I used to, it's funny because I had like a fixation with that. Like a few months ago, I was really in that phase where I was like, he's not opening up to me. I'm not here. We're not deep diving into like the depths of who he is. And then I, one day I just was like, hold on a second. I don't have deep depths of who I am. Like I, ah, yes. but you know what I mean? Like I kind of explore that with myself, but that's my relationship with myself. No one else knows that I do that. And the fact that I, the fact that he's willing to have his life unfold with me means that that's that's what that is that is him because we're discovering ourselves all the time you're so So right so i can't explain like all the deep depths of myself to someone straight away so like the fact that he's slowly like in the moment sharing where he's at on like small things or big things or it doesn't matter like let's let it's like a journey of like fig like knowing who we are and he like wants me to help him know who he is or just to be there as the person who he tells oh that's beautiful rather than like because he might not know straight like i don't know either like Thank you for that reminder because thank you. Well, there you go. That's lovely. The fact that, and also some people are just more quiet and some people, yeah, take longer. Yeah. And the fact that they choose to be with you and you're their person to then 
when they want to, to tell. Yeah. And if it's like, obviously, like if I was waiting around for six months and he didn't, uh, you know, say anything, that would be different. But it's like on a day to day basis. We like, how did you feel about that? And what's your take on this? And like, you know, yeah. Or like maybe sometimes when there's a great thing or a bad thing, that's when you really see that it comes in. Like, you know, um, I'm kind of upset about something that my dad said and that kind of made me feel this. And so when he says those kind of things to me, I'm like, okay, so that's, that's basically all that we all do. That's beautiful. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Well, cause I think, well, I don't know if this is because, well, this is because I'm who I am, but you know, and also being a woman, I think we have such a greater access to be like, these are all the things I've experienced yeah. and felt and learned about myself. Yeah. And, and this is who I am and where I come from. And there you go. Yeah. And you put on a platter and it's like, that is just more of a female thing. And also yeah. if I met a man like that, he'd either be, he's probably, you know, all my gay boyfriends are like that, where they're mm-hmm. like, and not, that's probably where I'll, like, I'll get hate mail or something. That's not true. But, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't want to date that guy. Yeah. I would not want to fuck that guy. I'd be like, yeah. stop telling me about your feelings. Yeah. You're irritating. <laughs> Like the relevant feeling in the relevant moment is like all you can wish for for all of us. And yeah, I, I actually think that they're onto something. They my boyfriend's great. Something. Yeah. Oh, don't you think? He's because the greatest. Like, <laughs> yeah. But don't you think? Because like sometimes I think like, okay, all this like looking at my past and knowing myself, like this all has value, but like... Seriously. You're you know, right. What about just being in the moment and like saying how the moment makes you feel and sharing and just being present and just going with the flow. Like, Oh my God, yes. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? It's so interesting. You're exactly right. And that's the calm I get from being with this person because that's where I can access that part of me. Mm. Oh, interesting. God, you just made me uh, start to fall in love with this guy. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Well, I know, whatever. It came from um, me being with, with my current guy because he was like, one day I was just like overcomplicating and overanalyzing stuff way too much. Oh, you like, were? I do yeah. that too. And he was like... He was just like, I just don't get it. I just think I'm a lot more simple than you. And I was like, oh, that was like such a big, like, I literally felt like there was an earthquake going on outside me. I was like, what? And then I did the classic thing where I was like, simple, is simple better or is overanalyzing better? Is simple better or is overanalyzing better? You had to like decide who's better. That's like, what I, I do which it too. Which tactic is better? Like, which is better? Like, should I be simple? Should I be not? Should I be this? Yes. Literally. I do the same thing. And then I just got to the place where I was like, it's not anything, but just be here. Like, just be here. Just be talk. Just be feeling what's relevant for you right now, and try not to attach so much meaning to it. It just sometimes is what it is. Oh my god! How There's beauty you, in that. There's so much beauty in that, and people mirror each other, so you can. Oh god! How long have you guys been together for? Um. So we got together. Uh. Not last August, the one before. So just over a year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah. When did you guys say I love you? None of my business. Tell me everything. So it's how a dare funny you? Story. We <laughs> went. We we kind of kept it under wraps for the first four months because of uh, my brother. Oh. So we were like, oh, well, we kind of can't just like we're really into each other, but we can't just like make we can't just do like a this can't just be a fling. So we have to really figure out if we're into each other. Yeah. So we didn't. Um full on make it official until the January. So we started dating in September. We were like dating other people at the same time. And then... Boyfriend I, and girlfriend in January? So Boyfriend four and months. girlfriend in January. And then he said, I love you, like probably a month later. He was like, I think I love you. And I was like, I love you too. Oh my God. Like, it's way too early to say, but I love you. Is it I too... Like, I love you too. Is it too early to say in five months? I don't think so. Yeah. But we kind of... So we kind of... Um, we were to, We were dating other people and dating each other. And then I was like... 
I just want to like make sure if I like I just kind of want to like go do my own thing like I don't think this is going to go anywhere like I shouldn't really date you anyway because you're my brother's friend so we didn't see each other for six weeks and then we just saw each other again and we're like oh my god we can't like I just have to I was like I just have to be with you you're oh amazing my god yeah, and yeah. So he was like I love you I was like I love you too oh I know do you live together yeah oh when did you guys move in together how after soon six months. after six months yeah oh my god yeah Oh, I know. See, I worry about all these things. Where now I'm like, I get in a mode where I get um, I get anticipatory of things to panic about. So I'm like, what if he never says I love you? What if he never wants to move in with me? What if I don't know? Like all these yeah. things. And um, man, I really should not let him listen to this. But episode. you know what? If he doesn't want to move in with you, then that's also good. Oh yeah, I like my apartment. In the sense of like, <laughs> in the sense of like, I feel, really feel like people. Um, it's like a self-selection process where people select themselves out of the race to be your person. Like, if they don't want to move in with you, then that's on them. If they don't want to be with you, then that's because they don't get you, and they're oh, not supposed yeah. to get you. And then you'll you need to get rid of them because there'll be someone else that will get you, and that's what you are like. That's where you're heading. So like, oh just God. let the natural selection like happen. Happen. I guess so. So what's the time frame for all these things, do you think? Well, because we're supposed to be getting rid of your fear of time, there is no time frame. We just I mean, let the universe a, decide the time, time frame. frame. <laughs> there's a time frame of, uh, of, of navigating. I don't know. It's funny. I just haven't dated anybody in a long time, so I have like ego stuff where I'm like, yeah. well, if I don't hear this by this point, mm. I don't want to waste my time. If mm. I hear, don't hear this, uh, like, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. So you see how the fear of time is really playing in here. That's what I was going to ask you. It's yeah. not just career stuff. It's relationships. with everything, stuff. yeah. With everything. Fear of time. Time running out. So that's my problem? That's a fear that you come to heal. It's not a problem. It's a thing that's helping you get to your next level. So if you didn't have that fear, then it wouldn't point you to getting to a new understanding of life, which is now like, I'm not in control of time. And that, not... is a, that is an energy that you came to master this time around. So that means just, okay, in layman's terms, just so I can try to understand this. Yeah. I should just live my life, see how I feel. Feel good about yourself. And then know who I, you are. Recognize yourself. Work on your self-worth. Be certain. Practice certainty in the way that the light is obviously always trying to give you what's meant for you and what's supposed to happen at the right time. Like divine timing is always at work, right? Like it'll so, just unfold. Like yeah. it'll just present itself. And then if I feel, if I let it go and get rid of that, because I have all this like pain in my third chakra, like this fiery ball of like wow. um, in general about stuff because... Uh, this is like the first person who's mattered to me in like many, many years. So it's all out of good stuff. It's all because I like like him, but it's, uh, yeah. So I guess I just have all this fear about stuff. Yeah. So if you let it go and you're joyous and you're happy and you're living your life and then you pay attention to your emotions or what you're being presented with, the answers will just fall into place. And it's also like this is a hologram anyway. So the fact that you're seeing someone who you really like is a reflection of something that you've done internally and that whatever level you're at, I don't believe you can go backwards. So um, the fact that you're seeing someone who you really like doesn't mean that there's never going to be one in, like ever again because it's not the past that predicts the future. It's actually the present that you're building on. Oh, so if I like him. So if you like him and you have the possibility to find someone you really like, then of course it's going to happen to you again. Oh, wow. So whether it, it's still with him or whether it's with someone else, if it changes form or not, doesn't matter. Okay. And then you just have to be brave enough to say what you need and what you want and not be afraid to walk away. Even though projectors are, you're not supposed to ask. You're not supposed to, you wait for the invitation. But if something bothers you. So it's not really about communicating like, um, like that. It's about um, 
invitations is about ways that you move forward in life, right? So what I like to say is, for example, if you are with like what I, me and my sister, for example, right? She's a manifester. I'm a projector. She coined this term. She said it's, you, are, I, you have an open invitation from me. So an invitation always isn't necessarily like a gold, you know, wrapped envelope in the post saying, will you come and tell me that it's like people who you feel have the, have the desire to kind of know what it is that you see. So that's different from sharing your feelings with people because knowing what you see is about sharing your skill, your guidance, that kind of stuff, right? So ideally you want to be with someone who is open to receiving guidance from you in terms of like, you know, eventually if he can, it's early still, but like people who will see like, oh, maybe you can help him with the way you see things about what he can do with his work life or his whatever, you know, and whichever, in whichever projector niche you have, maybe you can help advise him on that. But in terms of the way that you share your needs and stuff, that's, that's, we all have to do that. We all have to just get emotionally intimate and hopefully you have an, an open uh-huh. sharing process with him. Interesting. Yeah. What else? So you don't have to wait to be invited. I don't have to be wait to be invited. But no. then hopefully you're dating a person where where it's an open invitation anyway. Yeah, got it, got it. Oh my god, this is good. Yeah. People are gonna. This is gonna be the most popular podcast I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> I swear to God, this is wild. It's um, there's just so many different layers to it. And every time I look at a chart, I kind of see new things. Like every time I hear myself talk, because I don't think it's it's not me right I it's not like I'm definitely not you know wise by this you know to this um, extent it's just a voice that comes through me so sometimes when I'm um, doing charts of people and things I'm like writing down stuff on the side too because I'm like oh my gosh this and this and I need to remember this and oh my god yeah this is like good stuff that's coming through and I need to know it myself and you channel yeah wait so is there, do I mean missing I don't want to I, I just interrupt you left and right is there anything yeah. else or we okay I don't know um so projectors, and this is going to, I'm, you know, there's a, there's a whole one hour long video on how projectors need to be eating. Um, but just to kind of cover it for you in a, in a very, uh, short way, um, all projectors need to eat, um, should never get too full. They need to kind of eat little through the day. So they're not like three square meals a day people because, because they don't have their own energy. They don't have that kind of like internal buffer for a lot of food to come in, right? So it's like going to deplete their energy or put them in a bad mood or not kind of give them the ability to see things as clearly. So in order to preserve your gift, it's actually best off to kind of like kind of pick and snack rather than do like three square meals. And especially for you, if you want to layer on top of that, the fact that you thrive on inconsistency, what I would do is just kind of like surround yourself with things that you enjoy eating that you feel are healthy and then just feel free to kind of like pick on them as and when rather than like eat structured meals and things and you just have to watch out for being around people like generators or manifesting generators or manifestors because um often their desire for food if you're sitting with them you will often feel like you end up eating more if you're with them because what you do in that moment is take on desires from those people because you don't have desires of your own so you take on their physical sensual desires and mistake them as your own and it can make you like end up eating more or eating something you didn't want to eat or anything like that so just be wary of like um trying to separate what you're picking up on in social situations like if you go to a restaurant with a ton of people um and try to really think about what works best for you as a projector which would be like more simple things like don't put 20 things in the middle and pick and share it 20 different things is going to throw your energy way too much yeah so try to kind of like really align yourself with like being simple taking it light doesn't mean under eating it just means like being very kind of mindful of using food to kind of slowly support your energy through the day rather than like breakfast lunch and dinner being like these big occasions it's so funny i actually think i went to shake shack for the second time in my life 
last Saturday and got like a crazy huge hamburger. Not even because I wanted it, but because I know that my boyfriend likes hamburgers. And I thought, hey, he's having one today. Maybe I'll have one too. And, I, and then I, I ate, I got like a double, like a single one would have been fine. I'm 5'11", I'm very tall, maybe six feet. I can handle it. I ate this bulky big one and then I just came home and I like, <laughs> and I fully passed out and I was like, never again. Why did I do that? But I feel like it's because sometimes I think people are so fascinating. I'll be like, oh, interesting. What are they into today? That sounds fun. Yeah. I, want, I want to be part of that kooky crew. Yes. So I was like, this is great. I feel closer to him because I'm having hamburger on the opposite side of town mm. on my own. That's <laughs> such a perfect example. It's like taking on, it's <gasps> like you understand like other people's desires. So it's like you get like the people are, in, are really into like some craze or some phase and you're like, I want to do that. I'll have a pokeball. Have a desi- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? Yeah. I don't, I don't want this. Yeah. How hilarious. Wow. Yeah, because we take on desires from other people. And the other thing, obviously talking about desires for food, it's also sexuality, right? So projectors in a relationship, um, their sexuality in that specific relationship is determined by the sexuality of the person that they're with. Really? So if you're someone who's if you're with someone who's really sexual, all of a sudden you can become this like goddess of like, you know, the bedroom. And yeah. if you're with someone who kind of just like is a bit meh about it, you will find that you care less about it as well. So interesting though, because I feel like I've been with people who are meh about it and I'm like, get out of here. So I love sex. Because you're picking up on, you'd be picking up on their, them obviously stifling their own sexuality, right? And you're picking up on it and they don't have visibility on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I feel like I love sex. I just do. So you're probably with a lot of guys who, who also like sex. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yes. I love that. It's so funny. You guys can't see us, but we're sitting on a couch across from each other. And I was just talking about sex. I was like, didn't want to look you on the eye. I felt embarrassed. I was like, <laughs> I love sex. <laughs> yeah. But it's so interesting because those are the things that we really need to like collectively heal. So like you see when you're acting like you're living your design and then other people are like living their design, then we all are kind of like these puzzle pieces that help each other heal. So like our, you know, stupid things about money, our stupid things about sex, our stupid things about, um, you know, not having bad emotions, like all these things, we're all just kind of like um, playing like energetic ping pong where we're kind of like passing them to each other, like covertly, but not really talking about stuff. And so we're living in a densely distorted field of like human emotion, which no one is dealing with. Whereas when we actually say, you know what, I'm really turned on by the fact that you saw that woman pass by and you got turned on by her. And now I just want to like jump on you. Yeah. Imagine how much better that world will be. Yeah. But instead we can't say that. Like we're just not allowed. That's like taboo, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, God. Okay. I had a thought, but it's too personal about my... Oh, yeah. To bring up here, but go on. Yeah. (laughs) Or, for example, um, you know, for some people to say, yeah, okay, so you're motivated by money, so you should go for it. But then I'm not, so I need to be thinking about how to feel successful like you are, right? How to make a success out of my life, and that's the thing that motivates me. Instead, we're all acting what we call homogenous in human design. Like, the whole idea is that we've been conditioned to be the same, and we all have to de-homogenize. So, with us... You know, instead, it would be okay for someone else to be motivated by money and you wouldn't judge that person for it. Yeah. And you wouldn't judge yourself for not really caring about money, but just caring about the success and trusting that the money will come when you will do things that make you feel like you're making a success out of your life. Okay. Right? Yeah. And instead, because we're neither okay with like a lot of money or no money, we're kind of all holding each other in this like holding pattern that's in the middle that's neither here nor there and serving no one. I want a lot of money. I'm sick of not having as much money as I want. I want to get rid of that. I mean, I'm assuming you've done all the unblocked, I, the, uh, you know. Have you? Yeah. I have to do them again. That's so good. I have to do them again. I need to do reparent again. I need to do opulence again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I manifested this boyfriend, but now I've got to like do more oh, work. Oh, you manifested. 
manifested a boyfriend. I manifested a boyfriend. I don't know. After, do you think after he hears this podcast, it's over? Or maybe you just say some of the things you said to me, to him, like, I need to be able to, like, have these, share these, like, crazy insecurities with you and just, like, I kind of don't mean them in such a heavy way and they're kind of light. So it's more about, like, the value for me is, like, bouncing this shit off you so you kind of, so I kind of feel like you know who I am. Yeah. I'm actually glad this is going to come out. Because now he can just listen to it. Yeah. And if he doesn't, I'll be upset. And if he hears it and he can't handle it, well, I'm just glad that you upset. helped me talk about my other half because he was like, how come you never talk about it? <laughs> well, you know, because I always have, that's always fascinating to me because, you know, yeah. and how does he respond to what you do? I mean, he just, he always says like, I'm really proud of you. And when we met, I was still doing my other businesses, right? So he just, it's so funny because he's an art dealer and I literally always tease him. I'm like, I know everything about the art business and you still think the only time you know is manifesting generator. Like I'm at least, I'm like, at least get it right that you're a projector. Like, please get that part right. Oh my God. So, um, yeah, but he's always just like really supportive of me, really proud of me, always kind of just like on my team. That's like the most important thing I really want from somebody is like for them to feel like they get he sees me he gets me you know yeah. he's always like he's always like he calls me ray he's like is ray doing her universe stuff again today like how's universe stuff going and he'll do that emoji which is like the crystal ball <laughs> i love it that's adorable that is he's like, are you, he's like are you manifesting the universe today i'm like yes i am ah! <laughs> that makes me that's the cutest thing. he has no idea what that means but <laughs> oh yeah and it doesn't matter because he's loving about it and it's yeah. cute and he like supports you and he's proud of you yeah and you're joking about it and talking about it it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the scariest thing for me. I never want to feel like I'm in a thing where I feel alone next to the person I'm dating. Yeah. That's always what I'm running from. That's not the goal for anybody, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But well, it's uh, so funny because I have so many girlfriends recently that broke up. I feel like the word narcissist is being thrown around everywhere. Narcissist and like a sociopath. Yeah, like, yeah, everyone narcissist. is like, oh, he was such a narcissist. He was such a narcissist. And then one day, because I had an ex that um, I thought maybe after hearing so many people describe narcissists, I was like, maybe he was, maybe I also did a narcissist. And then I was like, oh, hold on. Hold on a second. It's also our fault for not sharing where we're at because then those people, we attract people who then feel like it's okay to not put themselves in our shoes. So it's also our fault for not sharing enough of what's going on in our shoes, like what's going on in these shoes. So it's like, I feel like those kind of us kind of women or people who have that tendency, when you're in a place in your life where you're emphasizing that in yourself and not sharing where you're at, then that's what you're going to, what you're going to, then you're going to get, yeah, yeah, you're so, what you'll pull out, you can pull that out of anyone, I guess. Right. Good fit, somebody understanding you, or no, you, a you could make someone be a narcissist almost if you don't share where you're at because you're afraid because you think sharing your emotions is bad, and as women, you shouldn't do that. And maybe that they're going to think you're insecure, and da 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 da. Oh, yeah, and maybe that person's going to seem to you like he's a narcissist because you're not letting him see from your shoes. So, of course, he's not going to be, he's going to come across as someone who doesn't know how to understand you. Yeah, you're so right. And then there's a whole other kind of narcissist where you're sharing your, all your feelings. And oh, then, and they just don't get it. And no, yeah. and, then, and, no, and then they're like, I see you, you're wonderful, blah, blah. And then they get completely cold and they abandon, like they feed you. <laughs> like, like they, that's the thing with a narcissist. Uh, they hear exactly what you need. Like if you read about narcissism and like clinical studies, somewhere when you're with them, their goal is to find out exactly what you need. Like if your need is to be seen and like loved and given everything that you weren't given by your father or whatever, like emotionally, whatever, they give it all to you. They suck you wow. in. They like you feel so seen and loved. And oh. then and then they get bored with you. It's called there's a there's like a oh. three prong thing where it's like they seduce you and then like and then you become 
And then when you, you fall for it, you become vulnerable, which is what happened to me last time, which is why I'm so terrified of being hurt more so with this new person. Mm-hmm. So boring to like, but like that happened with this last person I dated where I was like, wow. And he communicated so well, this last person. He was like, met me on my level of communication, which is very rare and most people don't. And he talked to me about all the feelings and we got so deep in knowing each other, which is, you know, I don't, whatever, like I don't have that in the thing I'm mm. now, which so I'm completely confused. I don't need that, I guess. But like this man met me and like in communication, understanding me, like he was like, I will never leave you. I love you. I this and that. <gasps> and then did a complete like, yeah, I was like cheating and Wow. weirdness and just mind manipulation. So I think that has left me very like, wow. but yeah, that's like narcissist. And then they want to keep you around too. That's another clinical thing with narcissists. Wow. They want to kind of keep you in their lair. They have a bunch of girls. They've kind of like <gasps> sucked dry and then left, but then they're like, oh, let's still be friends. And they text you just as like you're healing, you know? Anyway, blah, blah. Wow. So yeah. But Maybe there's like different levels, oh, different variations and they need to be de- defined. I guess it's for also, sure. Semantics is so Spectrum. much of like misunderstanding of oh. how we move through the world. And I in think. pop culture right now, there's like so much, yeah, everybody's saying narcissist so much. Yeah. Wait, is it too boiling in here right now? I'm happy, but if oh, you want to open happy. a window. No, I just want to make sure you're happy because you're my guest. So Thank you. No, um, if you're hot, I can also, like if you want to breathe, I can roll. No, no. Okay, I'm. This is my favorite thing. I just don't okay. want you to be like, can I get out of here, Lexi? Yeah. And I'm like trapped you in my apartment. I'm just like, you're <laughs> in your like, lab. I know. It's like, oh God, it's like misery or something. I'm like, you're not going anywhere. But no, um, it's so nice and cozy. Um, it is cozy, isn't yeah. it? This is so fun. I think it's going to be a really good one for like, well, A, my boyfriend, uh, hopefully not my ex-boyfriend uh, by the time he hears this, uh, or maybe he'll make it through. Um, oh God, I'm freaking out. Okay, anyway. Uh, it's going to be okay though, right? Of course. Okay, good. As long as you remember that you're innately worthy. That's the whole message of human design is like all the ways that you are, the way you are, your soul chose those qualities, those skills, those essences Yeah. for a reason and for the reason of they're, they're here to help you. They're your toolbox that are going to be here to help you mani- like, you know, manifest the karma that you came to correct and yeah. achieve what you came to achieve and be who you came to be. So trying to decide that you're worthy, like us humans, like believing that we have the ability to say that we're worthy or not is ridiculous. Because we are though. Because we are. We're a piece of the light. We're a piece of the universe. It's already decided, you know? So it's like, why do we spend so much time trying to like... Worrying and, and like pushing Believe that we down. have the control over that. We just don't. We're innately worthy. We're a piece of the light. Like it's done. Yeah. So I'm just going to be myself. And this person and yeah. stop living in fear. Well, this is why I think Lacey's work is like so like revolutionary because it's like just when you work on being authentic, everything else falls into place. Oh, what a great point. And how you become authentic is unblocking, getting yeah. clarity on what you're authentically meant to do yeah. in this life, right? Well, who you are. You know, who you are. Because I think the doing comes after the being. So it's like, I think we have, we have so many people that have done both of our um, stuff in tandem because the way I kind of see it is like, unblock from all the shit that like her stuff really helps you see like where you came up, where this conditioning started and like what that belief is. It helps you crystallize that stuff. And then, um, you know, it works really well in tandem with human design, which basically says this is who you are. This is the real you. These yeah. are your skills that are innate to you because you know, so it's kind of like a two pronged attack if you want to do it that way, which is great. Yeah. Well, also then, uh, with the worthy stuff where it's like, uh, Oh God, I'm all over the place right now. But, um, if you realize your worth and you're in your worth and your authentic self, you might find 
that the things you're worrying about, you won't worry about anymore yeah. because they're just stemming from low self-worth. Mm. And maybe if you can just be calm, you can coexist with another person and let things be good. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Well, but what's really fascinating is that the... Um, the era that we're going into in 2027, it kind of like flips. So different eras, this era is about um, knowing that life is meant to come to you, right? So worry is like stupid, right? Worry is going to be totally, it is futile, futile right? Oh, and so yeah. the wisest people in that have walked this earth have seen that life is a wonder that happens to you. And obviously the way that you react and the way that you dance with life is, 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 is important, but you're not ultimately in control. You can have the best five-year plan and still it's never going to go the way that it's going to go. Yeah. And so we're kind of moving into a new era, but it's also the old era because the before, the, before the era that we're in, that's how things were as well. Oh, really? So it's like this cyclical thing where right now it's all about strategy and planning and blah, blah, blah. And yet we, we're all having to learn that lesson of like, no, you have to have this open hand rather than this fist. Oh God, you know? yes. And so like, why do we worry? Like, it's so silly. The and dance so with course, life, I love huh? that. Dance with life. Yeah. The da- I love that, the delicate dance with life. Yeah. But go on. I forgot what I was Oh say. no! Fuck. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's just about, um, you know, just about this thing of like, um, of course worries are going to come up, but actually, so it's not about, you never want, it's not like, oh, with human design, you get to a place where all of a sudden you're like fixed and you're totally living your design and it's like all swimming along perfectly. It's yeah. like every time the worry comes up, you go, hold on a second, I'm not going to follow this thought down this path because I know it's futile and I know it's my conditioning and it's not the real me. So therefore, nope, not going to follow you, not going to do that. No thanks. Thought, you don't get to pitch a tent in my brain and stay there. I'm going to focus my atten- time and attention on something else. Yeah. You know, so this is about like stopping it in its tracks. So it's like, of course, worries come up. But. Especially for a person who leads the motion like you and me as mm-hmm. projectors where you have to like not take them so seriously, mm-hmm. leave them, give yourself yep. a beat and not act out of that emotion. Yeah. Because you got a bunch of voices going on in your head. Literally. Like yesterday, two days ago or yesterday. How great your nails ago. are too. Your nails oh, are incredible. Thanks. Thank okay, you. Keep going. Um, two days ago, I was in a real serious low of the wave. Really? And I was like in the hair salon crying, like literally just like trying to like not shed tears and luckily had the falls over. So I was like trying to hide the foil, like the tears with the foils. Yeah. Crying over not, literally nothing. Like what seemed like such a big deal at the time, which was you know, just kind of feeling down about certain things. And then, um, you know, I get all my wisdom from 90s divas. So there was, like I quoted a Britney song, there's a Mariah Carey song where this pastor was like quoting in the beginning, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Wait, say it again. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I was just told myself that. I was like, you ride out the wave and and put this in human design speak, translate it you ride out the wave of the bad and then the good is going to come and it's just inevitable and like you can't take any one wave so seriously like the bottom or the top and that's just life and you're just here to experience a spectrum of human emotions so just like don't take it so heavy oh you're witnessing it it's like the untethered yeah. soul where you're like the watcher or yes yes oh, I, love I love that, that book. book I know me I know. too oh god okay yeah, yeah this is this is all such a great reminder because this my personal neuroses and, and stresses about things can be relatable to other people's whatever their stresses are. It's just everybody, everybody's individual's insecurities and stresses. Yeah. So this is a nice way to remember to navigate life. But uh, what else does my chart say? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I think we covered all okay. the major bits. Oh, good. As long as you say that we did, that's great. I just want to make sure yeah. I wrung you dry and not really, but, you know, that, <laughs> that, I, that I got your wisdom, you know. Yeah. And anything else from his? Because this, this will be the reason why he, he listens to the show because, you know, I'm going to be like, she, she read you. That's so funny. She read well, you, for Mister. sure. For him, his 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 um, 
his karma is about learning to see himself as a charismatic person 100 percent. that's a really important thing that he starts to try to crack now the other thing that with him is that he gets things really fast so stuff integrates into him really quickly so with you because you have these three different voices sometimes it takes a lot of time for the integration process from when you understand to when you when you understand in the mind to when you understand fully in the heart in the skin takes time that's not worse than his process but his process is very fast so it's about like hold on a second like when you tell him something and it really rings true for him he gets it that's it straight away he's understood it his his whole body is on team in that moment um because everything in his in his chart is kind of like talking to each other right but the most important thing is that he gets over his fear of running out of um sorry the fear of being his highest most powerful self that is coming from previous life so it's one that he's not conquered in in different incarnations before so that's like one of the main things he has to like you know get rid of this lifetime around um and also like i said about the charisma that is one of the most important it's like basically his soul said try not to give me too many things to focus on because these two things are like really really crucial and i want to make sure that i have like a laser focus in this lifetime to really get these things down so I need to be okay with being my highest, most powerful self. And I need to see myself as someone who is charismatic. And when I'm lit up, I light other people up. And I'm this kind of like really magnetic, um, you know, life force giving person. um, Because his conditioning is not conducive to him seeing himself that way. So he needs to, um, you know, through doing what lights him up, he will start to see that he is a charismatic person. Um, so that reframe needs to come from experience and if I was doing his chart for his parents when he was younger I would say this is someone who needs to be okay with trying and failing because the experiential process of like what's going to work out and testing things is really important to how he develops wisdom so he's not someone who's wise just from like for example how you can just like get wisdom by sitting on your couch by getting an aha or an inspiration or whatever like he's someone who needs to go out there and try things out and not be not see failure as like a bad thing but more of a like um you know uh a developing process right so whether i try or i fail um whether i succeed or i fail that's not the point the point is that the that people around me see myself as someone who's just like really keen and curious and like so trusting about life yeah so which is where his fear of failure is kind of manifesting itself because he doesn't really want to like he's not embracing that kind of like it's all just fun and let's all just give it a go and let's just see where things go and just trust and redirect as we go and that kind of stuff um so those are kind of like i would say his main um his main things that he needs to focus on um but what will happen is that whichever way he's ending up like for him, he's motivated by the need to make money. And so that's energetically correct for him. And actually what will happen is that when he follows his need to make money, he actually will end up really helping other people. And not literally by doing something so obvious, like giving a ton of money to charity, but him in the process of following and being totally okay with him wanting money and being his highest, most powerful self, he will end up helping a lot of people as like the outcome of that. That's like where he's headed. But what's going to lead him there is following his own egoic needs. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. Is it possible for both of us to use each other to heal each other or to 
for like me to show him how wonderful he is or is it annoying? Yeah. Is it annoying to be like, but you're wonderful. I think you're so great and this and that. Is that alienating? Um, or for is him, that- what I would do is wait until you see him when he's really lit up and you see the effect that he's had on someone else or the effect that he's had on you and praise him for that instead because that's much more um, sort of helpful to him in seeing what it is that he needs to cultivate. Like when you praise someone, they go, our natural instinct is to say, I'm going to do more of that or I want to do that again, right? Yeah. Or that made me feel really good. So that's something I need to focus on. So if you praise him for things like, oh, you just make me feel so good. Like I just always, whenever you walk in and you're in such a great mood, like it just automatically puts me in like a good mood and that's so wonderful, Yeah. you know? Or I just like love how you, how, how great was it? How good you made like your mom feel today? Yeah. And that's such a like cool thing that you just have like an ability to do. It's so funny. Yeah. When he's, uh, I mean, and I'll, we'll jump over to something else and I'll stop talking about the relationship stuff, but, uh, when he's sparkly and happy and beaming, he is so effervescent. It's so That's like it. magnetic. That's generators. But then he has this other face, this resting face of like, just mm-hmm. like, just like resting bitch face kind of vibe. Um, and when I see that face, I get so irritated and I take it on like, mm. is he mad at me or why is mm-hmm. he not being charismatic or he seems grumpy and why? Like I'm, yeah. I'm used to actors or writers or comedians, or not writers, but comedians, people who are always like, on mm. and like making an effort to be charming. So if he's very relaxed or he's not feeling happy or not, f- or just has that face on a relaxed face, I'm just like, I have a reaction to that, whatever. Mm. That's neither here nor there. But, and I do believe in him so much and I think he's so incredibly talented. But, uh, and I want to like read things he, he's written and, and get more into all that stuff. But then sometimes I feel like it is, uh, I don't want to seem like I'm a mom or annoying or so. So that's a good. Good advice you gave me, but I am interested in his life and I have so much belief in him. And I go, wow, I wonder, like, oh. I wonder if that's, um, yeah, helpful or intrusive. So, because I do feel like I can see him a little bit better than he can see himself. Yeah. But the reaction I get sometimes is like defensiveness mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or not being able to take a compliment about how handsome he is. And he's like the most gorgeous, like Clive Owen esque, uh. whatever. Like, uh. you know, he's probably rolling his eyes at that if he's listening to this. But like, so. And I don't like it when people can't take a compliment. And I can see people clearly. And so it's interesting. I wonder what's yeah. going to happen. That's that's being a projector is when you see the other. Yeah. You know? But sometimes people are not ready. So the invitation or the size of the invitation will have, you know, will grow. Yeah. You know, so. The invitation for me to talk to him? For you to, to share what you see in him, right? If he's interested in your opinion of what you see, then, you know, obviously there's sometimes, um, you know, a small invitation and sometimes there's a big invitation, right? So sometimes people kind of want to know a little bit, but they don't want to know too much, right? So sometimes the things you see might be not, like they might not be ready for the full seeing. Do you know what I mean? Like if you see the brilliance and he doesn't see it yet and he's not ready to see it yet, then you can start on the small stuff. Like I just love how into, you know... um, us you are or how you know how into your job you are and how passionate you are about it and yeah you know well wow lucky him that he has me okay (laughs) and vice versa but anyway throwing it back to you and thank you for reading both of our charts i mean really you just came in (laughs) we're like um that's i don't take that for granted that's like a wonderful thing thank you and uh you are so 
crazily talented because it did ring true to things I have a quiet knowing of myself, mm. but don't embrace and wow. all the time. So, so thank you. Wow. And even and with it's him. rare that, like it's, it's unusual. Like you have to know, not, it's not something that everybody has. Like I have none of it. Like what do you mean? That quiet knowing, like when you were, when I was, oh, are you talking about the quiet knowing where you kind of know yourself or was I, when yeah, I was saying that inner knowing that you just have where you can sit on a couch and just like. Well that, well then yeah. I wasn't talking about that bit. I was talking yeah. about the fact that like what you said to me right now when you read my chart about me mm. like the three voices and the mm-hmm. and the following my path and the taking the time and the emotional mm. all, everything you said to me is stuff that i that i i have a, i know about myself mm. but just like question i either question yeah. it disregard it think i'm yeah. lazy think i'm whatever lazy crazy lazy yeah. yeah so so thank you because now it gives me permission and licensing yeah. to like license to to not feel embarrassed or at odds with myself and be like, oh, I'm wrong. I should mm. be like this. And that is a great thing that anybody can get by by getting their human design read by you because then yeah. they will feel less alone, mm. more in the knowing of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's just easy because life kind of pulls you off path so much. Oh my There's God. so many opportunities. But when you know your home base to come back to, it's just, it doesn't feel as scary to kind of like just go into different scenarios and be able to navigate you know oh god yeah and what what can take you off path like a relationship a day other people's energy other people's energy yeah you know your emotional wave your worries your fears anxiety future tripping oh that's oh i was future tripping yeah no i'm past tripping about this on this podcast past tripping i was gonna say tripping on the podcast but but future tripping about me being like when's he gonna say i love you will we get married Mm. will we have kids Mm. i'm just like that's future tripping right that's like fucking relax yeah be in the moment Mm. see if you even like this person yeah and now i don't know if there's anything you want to add before i move on to the next thing so you originally started as a client of Lacey's, right? Not originally started in this world, but I mean, like, where were you born and how did you get to human design? And when, and, and on that journey, you know, I'm sure Lacey will, will pop up in that. Yeah. Because you got clarity. Oh, big time. So tell yeah. me, so like you're born where you come I was here. born in London. Um, like I said, I was doing two other businesses before I was doing this. And when I first went to Lacey, which was a long time ago now, maybe two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. Um, I had a session with her. How did you find her? Like, how did that... So why did you move to Los Angeles? I didn't move. I still live in London. Oh, you still live in London now? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm just lucky enough to have you in LA right now. Oh my God. This is God. This is God's (laughs) word. I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding. This is a blessing. And I never really say that out loud. But I've got to become very vulnerable. How long are you visiting for? A week. I am the luckiest girl Aww. in Los Angeles. That's sweet. <laughs> we were shoot. I just came in. I came to shoot my eating videos. Your eating videos. Yeah, the eating for the different types. I like, love this. Yeah, you couldn't have done that in London. This well, is a true blessing. You are here. So here's the thing: is that I um, did them with my friend Dara, who is in. It. She's an intuitive. She's incredible too. Also a projector. Yeah. And um, Aquarius. No, she's a Capricorn. Okay. Who cares? Um. So she and I. So. Dara and Lacey were the two people that were instrumental in helping me get to where I am now because 
Um, firstly, Lacey was the person who unblocked me from all that belief system of I can only be successful by doing a business that's a you know about a product or a service and pushing and being so whatever. Yeah. I mean, human design was also something that you know helped me realize that that's not the way I'm built. But Lacey really helped me see the origin of the ego and the belief systems that were kind of like making me think in the first place that my life had to look a certain way. And then, um, so the first session I had with her where I was like fully immersed in being businessy. And then I had another session with her about eight months later. And in between that time, I was with my friend Dara and I was delving into human design a bit more and kind of like getting to know it and that kind of stuff. How, why? What, um, what was your so first dalliance? Four years, ago, four years ago, I had a session with a shaman who did my human design. In London? In London. And... Um, I was like, I need to know everything. I like researched it all, read all the books, did all the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And um, I've always kind of understood that my gift is to be able to understand things really well and to communicate things in like a clearer way. So human design, the, the languaging is kind of out there and it's a bit fuzzy and it's a bit kind of literal. Yeah. And I kind of... Um, kind of make sense of it to myself. And so my friend Dara was like, I was doing her for fun and she was like, you should do this, like for a living and I was like no what are you talking about all the belief system coming in you know like I can make money enough money doing this I can be successful doing this it's not good to do this this is not something that's worth spending your time on you know if you're in the spiritual space it's too woo woo and you have to be grounded and you have to be businessy and all this rubbish and so then I had a second session with Lacey and I said I'm doing human design now and this is what I'm doing and she was like how is it how did you discover Lacey I think I read about her somewhere, like on an online, like one of these online magazines, I think I read about her and then I booked a session with her for like, this is, I guess, before her waiting list was like insane. So Uh, I got, uh, I had a session with her that was in like three months time type of thing. In person? No, online. Like on, on Skype. On Skype. Okay. So that was my first session with her. I was still doing my old business. Second session with her, I was already doing human design and I did a pivot and she was like, this is so much more like, you know, pivot? you know how she can see the energies of how, what you're living and how you're doing things oh correctly. God. And she was like, this is way more, this is way more what it is. You yeah. Know? Um, and then I did her. You did. Oh, for yeah. tra- she said she rarely does trade, but then she was like, she was so excited because you knew this was your thing and she was so yeah. fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys oh, did trade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really fun. And then, um. Per my friend Dara's suggestion, she just was like, I just see you doing this. I just see like, this is where you should be. You have to do this. And I was like, okay, I'll start like doing people like I'll do this on the side of my normal business. So then it started off as like that. Like I wasn't brave enough to just give up my business. Like how, what did, um, show me what that looked like. Was that like, how much did you charge for a session? It was an hour long session. It was an hour long session. And I started charging like basically nothing because my self-worth wasn't anywhere. Like, like what's basically in nothing? Line, like yeah that's okay that's good yeah and um so that was how much I used to charge and then it literally just out of nowhere people just started booking it and spread out of like to the point where I just couldn't do both and so I had to give up my business because the universe didn't give me a choice oh my god okay yeah and that was almost two years ago now it was two years ago so you were already oh and then along the way that's when you met your boyfriend yeah Oh my God, how did you meet him? None of my business. Oh, your through, brother. Through my brother, yeah. Through your brother. Yeah. Wait, was your brother Fresh mad? Fresh off a breakup. Fresh huh? off, wait, when, who was the bonehead you broke up with? None of my business. You don't have to tell yeah. me, but who is that idiot? So Sorry. this is really interesting because it was one of the pivotal moments of me understanding that I had to embrace my real projector nature because he 
um, one day, we were in LA together actually when it happened. And one day he just turned around to me and was like, you're so lazy and you're so unsexy and you're so this and you're so that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And um, you're so sexy, by the way. You keep you. flashing me your undies. Just I know, kidding. sorry. And I'm wearing clear ones too. It's so bad. And my dress has holes in it. I love um, it. Um, but um, so basically, I just was like, oh, this person doesn't get me. There was that really clear moment of like, if this person doesn't get me, then I have it's on me to have the standard to say like they're not good enough. Yeah. And I was like, and I. I was here with LA I was in LA so I was like having coffee with Dara afterwards and I was like I just don't know what to do and she was like she reminded me she was like he doesn't see you for the real you which is as a projector being a non-energy type he's basically saying that that's lazy um because he had like all the energy in the world and I was trying to keep up and couldn't keep up um because I believe that I had to keep up in order to be worthy which I now know is not true yeah and um that was it. I was just, just like, I have to take my side. Like, I just have to stand for myself here. Like, I have to have my own back here and I can't take that. And if he doesn't see me, I can try and beat the wall to make him see me or I can just be like, he's just not right for me. And so he selected himself out of the race to be my boyfriend. He selected himself out of the race to be your boyfriend. I love it. Yeah. And then you, in this perfect, the universe had a more right thing ready to go the minute you got rid of the wrong thing. Yeah. Literally met him three weeks later. At a party? Just at dinner with your brother? No, on holiday. Oh, really? Yeah. Where? I was in Sardinia. I came oh, back from LA. I want to go to there. Sardinia with my best friend, my parents, their friends. My brother brought his friend, like all this kind of thing. Well, his, some of his friends. And then yeah. th- that's where I met my current Mia Moore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you think you want to get married and have kids? No. No? Oh, that was incredible. That, yeah. was, that was unbelievable. That was... <laughs> That was such an honest. And I want to have kids, but I'd never want to get married. I love it. Yeah, why is neither that? Neither does he, though. So it kind of works out. Great. Yeah. yeah well, why, how, how do you know? How come? Because I just feel like there's no way that I can say for sure that I'm going to be with someone forever. Like we're just not capable of making those guarantees. Yeah. And I, for me, I would rather. I think it's more motivating for me to be with someone where there's a promise of being able to choose that I still want to be with you every single day oh. rather than I have to be with you. I think it's an, I always chalked it down to an Aquarius thing because of like, we love our freedom and we love our space. Yeah. Um, on the whole, not all Aquarians, but on the whole. Yeah. And so um, I just think I'm going to be a better partner if I'm not bound to someone because I think that's when probably, you know, you're not proactively choosing that you still want to be with that person. And it's so much more exciting to be like, I still want, still want to be with you. And I still want, like, I'm choosing you today. And like from an active place rather than like yeah. a bound place. I don't know. That's, an, that's a great point because I, I'm again, maybe chalking it up to fear, but not really fear. But I, I do think like even being somebody's girlfriend, which just happened for mm. me, I go, I, I'm like, we better not fall into a rut because that's not how I work. Mm. I like, you know, yeah. want to be exciting all the time, mm. having lots of sex, traveling, doing lots of cool things. And then that is an interesting point to like, that's just how I live my life though. I feel like I was in a five-year relationship. It was always, even if we're fighting and uh, whatever, and even towards the end, it was still like exciting in a weird mm. way. And that is a scary thought to so think fun. like, it's just a scary thing to think that like, if you get married, that like one or both parties could be like, 
well, this is just expected and how it is. Yeah. It's like, fuck that. But if you can keep it exciting and friendly yeah. and keep getting then cozy with them, then it's great. Yeah, my sister has that with her husband. It's oh, like she does. theirs is like so, I think they've like marriages worked for them, not against them. But yeah. I guess it's about knowing which one. You have to Google, like Goldie Horn was on the Oprah show like ages ago talking about this. And she was like, you're either one of two people. You're either someone who marriage makes you feel more like fun and more all the good things or it makes you feel maybe less and you just have to figure out which one you are and I was like wow see I'm like referencing like all the goodies here Mariah Brittany Goldie I love it <laughs> no I actually feel the same way as Goldie Hunt even though aren't they not married yeah they're not married yeah so oh. she was like I'm just someone who that's I don't think that's gonna work so that I I'm better if I'm not married to him my gut tells me right now, I used to be totally anti-marriage, totally anti-kids. I was all like, oh, like, I don't give a, f- no, no, that's, that's not for me. And now I'm just like, oh, belonging to someone makes me feel sexy. Like feeling mm. like bound to someone makes me go, oh. oh, now I can be authentically myself. Cause like I've got some stability. Yeah. So I can be like, woo, I'm mm. accepted. I've got this person on lock mm. or like, that means I just want to be sexier, keep my body more fit, yeah. have lots of sex, be stylish, yeah. up my game, somebody to be good for. I mean, yeah. you should always want to be good for yourself, but like, I think the more, yeah. the more I'm committed to someone, the more I know someone, the more safe I feel. Mm. And it's a journey for me to feel safe clearly yeah. with all my three month doubts and, and yeah. uh, insecurities. But, but if you get, if you work through all that with me and you get to a point of like, real trust and intimacy oh my god I feel like I can take over the world and flourish and like me and my partner can take over the world and flourish that's my sister and her husband yeah they're they're so those type of people that's what I want and it's just so great for them because they've like just yeah they've they've both even in their careers and you know like it's helped them you know feel better you know feel more all those all the good things yeah whereas I think I'm someone who Probably that would make me feel less so like get away from me I'm an Aquarian I gotta live my life I've definitely been that way I've been that way usually in the past and Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll get back to those moments where I'm like, I need my space. But right now I just want to be smothered. Okay. So I can, so I'm just kidding. Bless. But, uh, that's cute. What's next for you? So wait, so you met, so you started, okay. So you told me the story, the origin story of you and human design (laughs) and like, what is, what are you looking forward to in your, in your growing empire and your business and where people can find you and all this stuff that's like percolating? So um, I guess on my website, that place where I said the rabbit hole is where we're kind of like bringing out all the kind of like videos and audios that people can learn more about who they are. That's your website? Yeah. So the Jenna, rabbit hole. Just know it's jennazoe.com. jennazoe.com. And if you go to rabbit hole in that website, then that's when you can, you know, have all the kind of like channeled readings for your energy type and, um, you know, video courses for how to eat for your type. And then we're going to roll out parenting and loads of, you know, different facets, how to work for your human design type, how to be in relationships with your design type. Oh my God. Um, all about being an emotional versus being a non-emotional, things like that. Um, but for me, because I am, I manifest in a passive way and I'm not supposed to be strategic and I'm not supposed to be um, detailed, I kind of, don't really make plans either. So I don't know what's next for me and that's oh meant to work for me. So well, you got the website. It's really exciting. Well, people can find you though. Yeah. That's exciting because people are like listening to this. I just know it because that's how I feel like on the couch with you where they're like, oh my God, it makes people hopeful mm. to understand themselves more, to get more clarity, yeah. to have a better life experience. So they can just find that all on Jenna Zoe. 
dot com, mm-hmm. and they can purchase all that information. Like whatever, this is great. Yeah. This is fantastic. And then I also have like a ton of free videos on there, and tons of like all the podcasts and all the interviews and everything. It's all there, so you, you can put do a ton of learning too, right? for free. Of course, you're gonna pop this one over there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and cool. there's like a ton of free, you know, a ton of um, you know, conversations I've done, video YouTube videos that I've done with in conversation with Dara on there. And then, like I said, if you want to learn more about who you are and kind of piece together a reading, you can um, do that in the rabbit hole section or you can book a reading with me. How much is a um, reading with you? 295. Wait, how much? 295. I just got uh, a $690 reading from you, right? Essentially. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we're going to get a lot of bookings. I, I can't believe That's it. That's so funny. I can't <laughs> I'm freaking out. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm a lot of energy. Well, I mean, you you got a full one, and and your other half got like a probably a half ten or fifteen minutes worth. A fifteen so. minute. Okay, cool. But yeah. I got a full one. Yeah, man, I just robbed you dry. Just kidding. No, this is a beautiful exchange. I'm it's just a totally wonderful doing, exchange. It's a beautiful yeah. exchange. No, yeah, because Lacey was my most popular episode, and I know wow. I, I, it was crazy. I, I'll I mean, tell you after. So she's incredible. You were also incredible. Thank you. Like and we're yeah, but we were both talking about how like she was like, I'm so excited you're about to get inducted into into, you know, Jenna's cult. And so I was like Aww. I was like, Yeah. And then today is the induction. This is very cool. Consider yourself forewarned. I know. This is fantastic. Oh, my God. I mean, is everything <laughs> gonna be okay? You will be more than it's wonderful to know who you are. It's so wonderful. Yeah. For me that I mean, I think and this is another principle from human design is that the thing that you're here to teach or share or give others, the thing you're supposed to leave behind, the medicine that you come here to transmute in the world, you need to be the first receiver of that medicine. You need to be the first experiment. So for me, if the thing that I came here to do was to help people understand themselves, then actually the thing I needed the most was to understand myself and in being in testing that on myself and giving that myself that first is how I'm able to then give it to other people, you know? So I think when you know who you are, that kind of already is like putting the, it's like you have a boat already, but you need to put the, um, you know, you need to adjust the sail in the right direction. So when you know who you are, just like everything else kind of takes care of itself. When, what are all, what are all the things you did for yourself to know yourself? Because I'm right there with you because it's like this podcast is an example of mm. us having this really in-depth, intense conversation, mm. but all these people are going to listen. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't just end here. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? So this yeah. is like part of the message and yeah. through my self-discovery mm-hmm. and searching mm-hmm. will help other people. Yeah. I mean, that's... Totally. But, but So knowing yourself, I guess, is about revering the qualities in you that are innate and understanding that those in themselves are enough to get you to where you're supposed to be going. So we don't have to be like running in this hamster wheel the whole time trying to cultivate and be and figure out and da-da-da. You know, we just have to pay attention to, um, you know, the moment. What is the moment making us feel? What is the moment here to teach us? And then not kind of get overly caught up in trying to define ourselves, but just understand that we're just people. Yeah. We're just people. And everything in your life is like geared to getting you to where you're supposed to go. And if you trust that... And you're understanding, giving yourself enough understanding and uh, kind of like growing from a place of like self, you know, like I always imagine like my higher self is on one shoulder and my kid self is on another shoulder. And my higher self is like, it's okay. You're, you're, you are not, there's nothing wrong with you. We're going to get through this together. You know, you haven't done anything bad. It's like, you know, we'll do this, you know, um, with compassion and you're okay and you're fine and there's nothing wrong with you. And as long as you're kind of like being like able to be there for yourself, 
I think that's all it is. That's so interesting. It's crazy because when I saw my therapist this week, because I was like spinning out all these suicides in the news, or it was really depressing to me mm. and whatever. And I don't know if you had. A, did you have a healthy childhood? None of my business, but well, I guess I. You know, the thing about the you know all the lacy stuff is like. I guess everyone experienced like the shame and the, but I didn't have like, I wasn't like, a my mother wasn't an addict or anything like yeah. that, no. Well, I guess I was just having such a, I don't know, the suicides in the news and, and mm. like whatever. And I, I can get very dark in general, mm-hmm. like I've darkness to me. So I just, I don't know, this past week and a half just spun me out and PMSing and whatever. Mm. So I went and saw my therapist because I don't always go to a talk therapist because I'm like, don't always feel I need it. And mm. I like the hypnotherapy and whatever. Mm. And then he said this wonderful thing to me. He was like talking about how I was interacting and feeling again with the boyfriend. And he goes, that's not you. That's the inner child. That's the, Mm. that's the hysterical inner child. Who's like, you know, panicking. You're the adult. And so you have, it's like a, Mm. you have to master your emotions Mm. where you don't lead with the little girl going, this is how I'm feeling. Cause it's like, even the voice register will go up like, oh my God, oh my God, As opposed to like, I I have to, yeah, I've got to master my emotions and 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 not let the little girl lead because mm. I'm an adult, you mm. know, or it's like, you're okay. Yeah. And tell myself first, you're okay. Yeah. We're okay. It's fine. I got you. Let me we'll give you what you need. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Yeah. You're beautiful. I got you. Give yourself yeah. what you need. Yeah. yeah. And then also when we come to like talking about what it is you're good at and the things that you naturally came here to do, you want to recognize that kid, like almost, you know, like in the, in the, I guess in the, um, in the theme of reparenting, right? Like it's things that you can tell yourself, like, you know, you can put your hand on your heart and be like, God, you're just so good at being self-inspired and just like sitting on your couch and getting inspiration from nowhere. And isn't that amazing? Because like that doesn't happen to everybody. So it comes with the like revering yourself for the things that you genuinely authentically are good at. Oh yeah. And then understanding that the things that were never really yours to begin with can be shared. Like what are those things for you? Like what were those things for what? So for me, like obviously as being a projector, one of the things was like your value is on how productive you are Mm. and trying to prove that I was valuable by just pushing myself to be more productive. And then I was like, hold on a second, but that's not what you're here to do. And that's okay. That doesn't make you better or worse than other people. That just means it's correct for you to not do that. And that's fine. And let that go. Yeah. That's great. Oh, and the, the undoing, the unlearning. Yeah. Yeah. And just like getting that like, it's supposed to be mostly, of course, life has challenges, but it is supposed to be a path of ease. Like the things we're naturally good at, there's a reason why we're naturally good at them because we're supposed to parlay them into the world. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, but we don't have to become anything else. What is the point of being here? Why are we all here? Just a small question I'd like to yes. ask. <laughs> so from, from the perspective of all of this, um, you know, every time we incarnate, we want to be like the light. We, we're here to be God or the divine or the universe or whatever. Like we are it. We have that. We are, we already are, but we just need to start to understand that we are, you know? Yeah. Like, remember that we're the divine. Like the divine isn't this thing upstairs that's like so separate from us. Like we're good. We're great. We're wonderful. We're amazing. So interesting. I, you know, I've definitely said this to people, and I get shy saying it when we were talking about religion or God and all the beliefs. But I, I have said this for ages since I was like 
18 years old walking down the street in New York and I saw a book at a sale on the street and it was Conversations with God. Have you ever read that book? That is one of my favorite books. Mine too. And I read it and I was like, I know this is right. This is right. We are all God. Mm. We are extensions of God. It's like, you know, I'm one of God's, I'm here to experience for God. You know, like Mm. I, I completely agree. And I always, I never say it quite as eloquently as you just said it. And I, I get a little bit shy to talk about it. Not that I'm supposed to prove this to anybody else or whatever, mm. but when you're having a conversation with someone, you're on a mm. date or dating someone, mm. you want to talk about these things and get personal. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Have you seen Wings of Desire, the original? No. Oh God, it's a movie by Vim Benders. And it's kind of about how like, there are these angels, it's black and white, but it's made in the 80s. And there are these angels looking down. And uh, this one man is like fall- watching this woman that he's falling in love with. and But he's not... Of the earth, you know, and he's kind of milling about with his friend and, and like just witnessing what it's like to be on this planet. And uh, and then one character, oh God, Peter Falk. Do you know who that is? Whatever. He played Columbo in a show on the whatever, who cares? This actor in the movie can sense this angel because I believe we also have angels around mm-hmm. us. Do you believe that mm-hmm. as well? Because it's fact. Okay, good. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, oh my goodness. But uh, I get so shy to be so vulnerable. But... So this one man of the earth can sense the angel walking around him and he goes, you should do it. You should try it. Like, uh, like come down to earth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to spoiler alert, but uh, yeah, he comes down to earth because he wants to meet this girl and then he meets her at some like, cool 80s club, like, but it's all black and white. And there's some cool band playing. I can't remember it, but some badass band and he meets up with a girl at the, at the bar and she's like, she just, like, there's a knowing, like, because they're meant to meet, like their mm-hmm. souls are meant to to be together and she's felt him around before he jumped to earth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm rambling Beautiful. on this. But yeah, it's a great movie. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, listen, what what else? I think we've, I mean, what else can we, I've, I mean, this is a beautiful conversation. I'm so glad you came over. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Oh my God. And when do you leave? When do you go back home? Um, Monday. You go back home on yeah. Monday and you just, you live in London mm-hmm. with your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But so I'm here all the time. So. You're here all the time. Yeah. We know where to find you. Yeah. We just had a beautiful talk. Um, is there anything else I've missed that you might want to say to the people? Or I think it's just whatever whatever came out was meant to come out. Ugh. Well, thank you for being on my podcast. Yay. Thank you so much.